0: We're in surah number 6 Verse number 80 St- We were discussing the story of Sayyidina Ibrahim Alayhi Salam And Allah Sponsor mentioned in Quran How Sayyidina Ibrahim Alayhi Salam came to Iman So we ended with you yesterday on this So verse number 80 Verse number 80 eight, eight zero. Surah 6 verse number 80 <laughs> so Sayyidina Ibrahim's community disputed with him and argued with him after this. After he'd come to the conclusion that nothing else is his Rub except that Allah Spalta who's created all that lies in the realms above and that Allah Spalta who's created what lies on this earth, then, although the Quran doesn't explicitly mention that, but clearly then he went to his Qom, his community, and tried to invite them to the same belief. <laughs> but however, his community disputed and argued with him about this. So Sayyidina Ibrahim salam told them at ni that are you arguing with me fil concerning regarding Allah subhanahu wa taala hadani and such that Allah Ta'ala has given hidayah and has given guidance to me. akhafu ma tushrikuna bihi and I do not fear at all any one of the things that you have ascribed and associated as partners to Allah subhanahu. Wa ta'ala. This suggests that perhaps they had tried to instill some fear in him by suggesting that if he didn't renounce his belief in one Allah subhanahu wa that their idols or the partners would strike him down. So he's telling them that I have no fear of any such thing that you have. إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ رَبِّ Except that what Allah subhanahu rub rabb may wish from me, except what my Rabb may intend shay'an from any single thing. What does it mean? It means that if anything is to befall me from your enmity from your hostility if you are successful in doing anything to me harassing me hurting me killing me it won't be that even that will not be because your idols are true and Allah subhanahu is false maybe Allah subhanahu may wish it may be his irada that you should do something to me so that's what Sayyidina Abraham was saying, that I don't fear you and your idols in any way, nothing is going to happen to me, إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ Rabbi Except and unless my Rabb intends something to happen to me. Rabbi أَرَبِّ كُلّّّ شَيْءٍ إِلْمَا And indeed my Rabb is all-encompassing over everything in terms of knowledge, has knowledge over every single thing. أَفَلَا تَتَذَكّرُونَ That will you all not, will all of you not take a lesson from this. وَكَيْفَ أَخَافُ ma ashraktum. And how is it that how could it ever be that I be afraid of those things that you idolize, that you ascribe and associate as partners with Allah SWT. وَلَا تَخَافُونَ أَنَّكُمْ أَشْرَكْتُمْ بِاللَّهِ And you are not afraid in any way about that which you have ascribed and associated partners with Allah SWT. lam يُنَزِلْ بِهِ عَلَيْكُمْ sultana, About which, from which Allah Taala has not sent any authority to you to associate any of those partners with Him. Now here, this is the end of the dialogue of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi and his Qaum. Now Allah swt is going to make a statement of the third person. فَأَيُّ الْفَرِيكَيْنِ أَحَقُّ بِالْأَمْنِ فَأَيُّ الْفَرِيكَيْنِ bil بِالْأَمْنِ That which one of the two groups is more worthy and more deserving of being in a state of peace and security. So the two groups here mean in the first hand, those who believe in one, Allah SWT, like Sayyidina Ibrahim AS, Hanifa, and second, those who believe in idols, polytheists, who ascribe and associate partners with Allah SWT. Aman means peace and security, both in this world, but Aman here really ultimately refers to the Akhirah. Which of the two groups deserves to be in eternal peace and security? In kuntum taqlimun, if indeed you are people who truly know, Allah آمَنُوا So the answer is that those who have iman, Allah SWT is giving the answer that which is the group that deserves that aman. Those who have iman, وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِمَانُهُمْ imanuhum and they have not adulterated and mixed their iman bezulmin with any wrongdoing, with any injustice. Indeed, those are the people to whom Aman is due. Peace and security shall be theirs. Wahum muhtadun, and they are those who are rightly guided, who follow the right guidance. Here, yalbasu can mean several things. Some of the Mufassirin have actually mentioned this ayah as one of the signs of the incredible mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because here Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala just mentioned at least if a person has Iman. And keeps their iman pure and sincere and intact, doesn't adulterate and mix and cloak and veil and, and clothe their iman with anything that is fake. So are many, many meanings that they've taken out from this word, yalbisu Number one is that, like I said, their iman is pure, so they don't mix with their iman with Allah subhanahu wa some type of incorrect view. Most ultimately would be shirk That they don't ascribe any partner to Allah It can also mean believing in any prophet or messenger In any way after Sayyidina Rasulullah It could mean disbelieving in any verse of Quran Saying there is no such thing as hellfire Or there is no eternality of hellfire It can be any such thing That would be an adulteration and mixture of false beliefs With the correct belief Second meaning it can mean Yalbisu إِمَانُهُمْ Means that they do not enclose Encloak their iman With something that is false, it means that inside they have iman, not like the the opposite of munafikin. Munafikin inside they had kufr, outside they outwardly demonstrated iman. Yalbisu imanuhum can mean the other way around. So with lam yalbisu, those who don't do the following, what do they not do? They don't have iman in the inside, but then encloak themselves in the trappings of kufr. They don't adopt the culture, civilization, mannerisms, dress, lifestyle, etc. of kufr. They don't follow the media, fashion, culture, society of kufr. So that's another way that you have iman but you put a libas on it that is not that which is befitting to iman. And it shows you as well Allah ta'ala has chosen a word. Yalbisu libas means literally means clothing. So it means that these things are important to Allah SWATA An outer wrapping is important. Don't you see today if somebody has a nice item, the marketers of the world, but if they if the packaging isn't good, So they will say, it's not just the quality of our product, we also have to make sure that the packaging is attractive because the packaging matters. Then when they get that packaging, somebody wants to further beautify it by putting gift wrapping on it and a bowl on it. Why? Because the libas, what you wrap something in, also matters. It's not just what the item itself is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here, and those who do not enwrap or enshroud their iman, بِذُّلْمِ with wrong or injustice or darkness or oppression or dhulm can also mean something that doesn't befit that iman. So it's the opposite of the manafiq. Inside they have iman, outside they don't look as if they have iman. Whereas the manafiq is the other way around. Alright. So these people, alladhina Amanu And number two, Indeed such people will have aman. This is a sign of their maghfirah that they will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and given eternal peace and security in the akhirah. وَهُمْ muhtadun, And indeed they are the people who will be rightly guided. وَتِلْكَ هُجَّتُنَا آتَيْنَا Ibrahima. And this is our decisive argument that we bestowed on. This is the decisive argument on our behalf that we gave to and bestowed on Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, ala qawmihi versus and against his community. نرفع darajatin من نشاء Allah, <Subhanallah, laughs> Allah says that we can raise the darajat of whomsoever we will. This means two things: in whomsoever we will, we can elevate them in daraja, such as Allah SWT bestowed nubuwa on Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam and selected him from all of those people alive at that time and bestowed upon him this daraja, this rank. And it can also be nanfa'u that we raise by degrees. We raise people. May yasha. How do we do that? Darajat by levels and by degrees and by increments. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هَكِيمٌ عَلِيمٌ Indeed, Allah is all-wise and all-knowing. I've highlighted this before, sometimes it says, Al-Hakimul-Aleem, there's Alif Lam, and sometimes there's no Alif Lam. Even Al-Hakim means all-wise, but the ishara in that particular ayah, the Rabt, is that a particular wisdom is being mentioned, and here, uh, being highlighted. And here, when there's no Alif Lam, Hakeemun aleem means tells all-wise wisdom itself, all knowing the embodiment of knowledge itself, knowledge incarnate. All right. وَوَهَبْنَا لَهُ إِسْحَاكَ And we bestowed upon Sayyidina Ibrahim we gifted him with إِسْحَاكَ which is his son. وَيَاقُوبَ which is the son of Ishaq كُلَّنْ hadeena, Each and every one we sent hidayah upon them. Here it can also mean a khas hidayah that each and every one of these that are going to be mentioned now we selected for Nubuwa. Each and every one we guided with the right hidayah, but each and every one we also guided and we bestowed profit on them. So Sayyidina Ishaq alayhi salam was a nabi, the son of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. Sayyina Yaqub alayhi salam was also a nabi. He was the grandson of Sayyidina Ibrahim and Sayyidina Yaqub alayhi son, all of you know, Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam was also a nabi of Allah SWT. وَنُوْهَنَ هَدَيْنَا مِنْ قَبْلُوا And Sayyidina Nuh alayhi Allah Ta'ala saying that we guided him earlier, or we bestowed Prophet on, prophet on him earlier. وَمِنْ ذُرْيَةِهِ And from the descendants of Nuh alayhi who were those Anbiya? Da'ud alayhi Da'ud wa Sulaiman, of Sulaiman is the son of Da'ud alayhi salam. وَأَيُوبَ wa Yusufa, wa, Musa wa Harun. وَكَذَلَكَ nadzil الْمُحْسِنِينَ And thus do we give reward and give good recompense to those who do good. So the suggestion here also is that Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, because he was amongst the Muhsineen, because he became Hanif, because of the good things that he did, the jaza of that the <coughs> recompense and reward Allah Taala gave him because of that, is that he made so many anbiya from his progeny, so many anbiya from his descendants, and ultimately, obviously, he made Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ, the last and greatest nabi and the greatest human being from amongst his descendants. So this can also be understood then then if a person is pious, a person is musineen, then they can make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by making this ayah and nadzil الْمُسِنِينَ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if I am offering any salat to you or fasting in Ramadan or staying away from sin, what I want is that my descendants and my progeny should remain on iman just that you gave Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam descendants from amongst the anbiya Allah ta'ala I want that you bestow upon me descendants from the awliya sulaha siddiqin and shuhada was wa Yahya wa Isa wa Ilyas. All of these are additional un- names of Anbiya. Kullum <laughs> Each and every single one of them, and means that each and every single Nabi, is from amongst the Salihin, is from the righteous, from the people of integrity. This also, ayah can be suggesting, verse number 85, that all of the Anbiya or Ma'asum, they're all Salih, they're also, each and every one of them, is free from sin free from disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of the Anbiya are from the Salihin. But Ismaila wal Yasa'a, Yasa'a is in Biblical it's called Elisha, wa Yunusa, wa Luta, wa kullan al and each and every single one of them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, that we have made them exceed and excel and surpass, and we have favored them, ala al-alameen, over all of the worlds. This is the ayah that Allah ma'lu and his tafsir uses to suggest that all of the Anbiya are greater than the Malaika because Allah Ta'ala is saying in Qur'an that He has favored and selected the Anbiya over Alal Alameen, over every single thing in the world and the universe. Therefore the Anbiya are even greater than the Malaika, even greater than the Malaika Mukarrabun. وَمِنْ أَبَائِهِمْ And from amongst her forefathers and their descendants, وَإِخْوَانِهِنْ from their brethren, so from all of the aforementioned, right, Anbiya, from all of these Ali, Ibrahim, their forefathers, not all of them, but some of their forefathers, some men, right, it comes from Tabid. And from some of their forefathers and some of their descendants and some of their brethren, also Allah saying that we have guided them and bestowed nubut upon them. What's... وَجْتَبَيْنَا هُمْ And we have chosen them. وَحَدَيْنَا هُمْ And we have sent our hidayah upon them. We have guided them. إِلَىٰ سِرَاطِ mustaqim onto Sirat سِرَاطِ Again, right? That all of the Anbiya are coming from this continuous unbroken legacy of the straight path. And that path has Nabiyeen on it, Siddiqeen on it, Shuhada on it, and Saliheen on it. And the last and final prophetic marker on that path is Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. But that path will continue until the end of time to have footsteps and signposts and markers of the Siddiqeen and Shuhada and Saliheen of the Ummah of Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ. ذَلَكَ هُدِّ اللَّهِ yahdi بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءَ Min Ibadihi that know that then that this is that is the hidayah the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa taala and Allah taala guides by means of His guidance may yishaa whomsoever He wishes min ibadihi from amongst His servants and slaves. So it means then that number one Allah subhanahu wa taala by saying raleka huda Allah Allah is making it clear that this guidance that is coming through the prophets by means of the prophets via the prophets it is a guidance from Allah. And therefore, none of the prophets should be been ascribed to with divinity. None of the prophets should be taken as a god. This is another thing that Allah say said. That the hidayah that is, comes to the prophets and through the prophets is what? Hudallahi. It's a guidance from Allah. So no prophet should have divinity. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends that hidayah to whom so... He guides by means of that hidayah whomsoever he wants. Min ibadihi. So who is it who's going to get... So Allah ta'ala will select who to bestow his prophethood on the prophets are going to send hidayah unto people transmit that hidayah unto people so it's not their own it's from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who will be guided by the prophets who will be able to be rightly guided by the guidance allah ta'ala bestows on the prophets to humanity that is whomsoever allah ta'ala wants but where will they definitely be from min ibadihi from allah ta'ala's servants and slaves that is why i can tell you by experience that person who does not do ibadah and that person who does not view themselves as an abd, that person who does not do ibadah, that person who does not engage in formal worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah ta'ala's commander in Qur'an, and that person who does not view and hold and carry themselves as an abd, as a devoted servant and slave, they never are able to understand the sunnah and hadith. They're not able to get right hidayah from that. And they many times are confused and they ask questions and they raise objections. Well, one simple reason the Qur'an is explaining that if a person is not min ibadillah they're not going to be able to get be guided by the guidance that the prophets have brought all right so some and then you will also find that there's those people who were true in their relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of ubudiyah and ibadah those people then always were rightly guided and rightly understood the teachings and messages of the prophets and they never saw any discrepancy or any contradiction or any doubt therein all right so this is why if you ever come across somebody on TV or otherwise who raises questions on hadith or the sunnah, you should first check, is that person even from the ibad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is he an abd, is he a worshipful devoted servant, is he regular in his ibadah, and if he's not, Quran itself is saying that that person is not going to be guided by the prophet prophetic teachings. So no wonder he doesn't understand them, and no wonder he finds some in his rational mind, some contradiction or discrepancy or doubt there. Right? And you will find in the history of Islam, no, none of the ibad have ever had any criticisms or questions about the sunnah or hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah ﷺ. وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا لَهَبْتَ أَنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَأْمَلُونَ وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا Now literally it means, it's talking about all those anbiya mentioned above, that had they, had even those anbiya, Ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa taala. Had any of those were they to have done any shirk, la habita anhum كَانُوا يَأْمَلُونَ then absolutely certainly null and void it would have been fruitless. Every single thing, ma, every single thing that they used to do. So what's the important teaching here? That this means that if they were what type of shirk? Number one, Allah is addressing the Christians. Means, and remember that discussion that we had yesterday with Sayyidina Isa Islam and Allah subhanahu So what does it mean? Walau ashrakuh. Number one meaning, you can say, and had those prophets ever ascribed any divinity to themselves, had they ever set themselves up as partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, anhum ma kanu then every single thing that they did would have come to null and void, would have been rendered null and void. Second meaning, it means that so the second lesson to learn from here is that if Allah Ta'ala is saying, now watch this carefully, if Allah Ta'ala is saying that about the Anbiya, the greatest of creation, greater than all of the Alameen, if the Anbiya were to do shirk, none of their actions would count for anything, so that means that the ordinary humans are doing shirk, certainly their actions will count for nothing in the Akhirah. If even the, Anb- the Anbiya were to do shirk, even the Anbiya's actions would be nothing. So that's why then ordinary polytheist or Hindu or whatever does, whatever good deeds or philanthropy they do, it will amount to nothing. Because it will be all the more true for a non-Nabi. <inaudible> Allah <inaudible> says, indeed, those are those people upon whom we bestowed the kitab, scriptural revelation. wal-hukma and law based on wisdom a wisdom-based law, Nabuata, and we bestow upon them our prophethood. Right? فَإِنْ يَكْفُرْ بِهَا هَؤُلَاءِ But if then these people disbelieve and repudiate and deny all of these anbiya, and they deny their نَبُوّة, and deny that they receive this law based on wisdom, and they deny that they receive scriptural revelation, فَكَادُ Bakalna بِهَا قَوْمًا لَيْسُوا بِهَا بِكَافِرِينَ then indeed then what Allah Ta'ala is saying is faqad then indeed Wakalna. we will entrust those anbiya to what? To aqaum to such a people. Laisu biha that those people would not be disbelievers in those prophets. So it means, number one, the Mufasa in safety is Mushrikeen of Makkah, makarama, the Ahlul Quraish, the people of the Prophet ﷺ, own city. If they choose to disbelieve and say, Na Rasulullah Allah Ta'ala will entrust the Prophet son to other people. And that was the qom of Medina Manawra, that was the aus and the Khazraj, that were the people who are not from the Quraysh, right? And they are going to be, kafirin, and they are not people who are disbelievers. This ayah also makes it clear that sahaba Karam are not disbelievers, any theology that suggests that even a single sahaba is an unbeliever, this response Allah Ta'ala has given a Quran Laysu biha bikafireen that no Sahaba Ikram is a disbeliever in Sayyidina Rasulullah or a disbeliever in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And second meaning it can also mean simultaneously it also means that the previous Prophets if there is now communities who have made shirk and ascribed divinity to previous prophets, such as the Christians believe say that Isa al is the son of God, then we will entrust those prophets now to yet another community, i.e. the Muslims. And the Muslims will be the ones who have the true belief about the, tr- the past prophets. And the Muslims will believe say, that Sayyidina Isa Islam was an abd and a rasul, a servant and slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his prophet and messenger and will not ascribe any divinity to him in the slightest. أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ حَدَى اللَّهُ فَبِهُدَاهُمُكْتَدِ That they and those are those people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent hidayah on them. Means the Anbiya are those that Allah ta'ala has sent hidayah on them. فَبِهُدَاهُمُكْتَدِ And it is their guidance that you should follow and emulate. So it means that there's two groups of humanity. Those that get the guidance directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those are called Prophets. And the rest, the non-prophets, who have to seek guidance through those prophets. So these ayat, Allah ta'ala is making clear, if you want the Quranic concept of prophethood, who they were, how they were guided, how they have no divinity, right? What their status is—that they're greater than the alamin. That even were they to ascribe divinity to themselves, they would also be lost. And that they get the hidayah from Allah SWT. And by means of their hidayah, you should follow and do iqtidah, you should follow and emulate their hidayah. So every insan is nothing other, nothing less, nothing more than the follower of a prophet. That's who insan is. That's the name of humanity. So that human being who doesn't view him or herself... As a follower of a prophet, according to Quranic humanity, that person is inhuman. It's inhuman not to be a follower of a prophet, and if on top of that to be nominally a Muslim and not to follow the Sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then that is grossly inhuman. Not to follow the greatest, when Allah Ta'ala has blessed us and made us Mustafa, has chosen us to make us amongst the Ummat Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Say to them, my beloved messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "La as'alukum alayhi ajra." That I do not ask from any of you any reward, any compensation, any financial or otherwise gift alayhi for this nubuwwat that I'm doing. The nubuwwat is not done for the sake of some type of money or anything like that. And that is why you will find also that the workers of the sunnah in this world they also don't take any type of monetary remuneration. Far from it, these get the Nishin peers who based on how much money you give them that is how much they will be fond of you or make door for you that's not the way this is the way la أسألكم alayhi ajra in illa dhikran lil that know that indeed this kitab and this hukum this law based on wisdom and this nabuwa all of this that the Prophets are bestowed with, it's nothing other than ذِكْرَ لِلْآلَمِينَ It is a reminder and a counsel and advice للعالمين for all of the worlds. Now again, the Mufassirin have mentioned because Allah said, say cool, say, My beloved Messenger this ayah makes it clear, that Sayyidina Rasulullah وسلم is a Rasul and a Nabi للعالمين. Because the Kitab and the huqam and the Nabuat that he has brought is nothing other than a ذِكْرَ لِلْآلَمِينَ means he is nabiyul just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rabbul Alameen, Sayyidina Rasulullah is Nabiul Alameen. Allahu akbar kumir. What an incredible bounty and blessing on us that we are people of la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, that we are people who believe in Rabbul Alameen and people who believe in Nabiul Alameen. But we cast all of that aside for that small little alam, that one little world called the material life of this dunya. would it make sense? That's why the Qur'anic feeling human being This world means nothing because they have Rabb of all of the Alameen and they have Nabi of all of the Alameen. So this world is just a trifling for them. And never ever could they sacrifice their relationship with Rabbul Alameen or Nabiul Alameen for the sake of some worldly gain if it means to go against the wishes of Rabbul Alameen, wishes and commands of Rabbul Alameen, or to go against the sunnah and teachings and example of Nabiul Alameen. وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَكَّ So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing now such a person, right? وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَكَّ Number one, that indeed they have not esteemed, they have not valued Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Allah truly deserves to be esteemed and valued. They have not understood and appreciated and ascertained the qudrat, the power and might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as indeed truly He is mighty and His qudrat indeed is is ma ala basharin min shay one example of this Allah ta'ala is giving in the Quran is when they say that Allah wa has never ever sent on any human being any revelation min shay from anything now this is a statement that some of the mufassirun say and you're going to see that immediately afterwards how there's a rapt, that a particular Jew had so much malice and spite and hatred for Sayyidina Rasulullah that he, in order to deny the prophethood of the Prophet wa sallam, he said that Allah SWT has never ever sent down any revelation on anyone. Obviously, that goes against Judaism, right? That goes against Judaism to deny the whole concept of prophethood goes against Judaism because they also believed in prophets, right? So, let me just finish that and then I'm going to come back to you, however, that this ayah has a much broader meaning. So then, Allah Ta'ala, قُلْ say to them, My beloved Messenger, صلى الله عليه وسلم, مَنْ أَنزَلَ الْكِتَابِ الَّذِي جَاءَ بِهِ مُوسَىٰ That who is it then, who indeed is it, who sent down that book, which was brought by Sayyidina Musa And what was and how was that book brought by him? wa وَحُدًا لِلنَّاسِ As a light and as a guidance for all of humanity. Who is it that has sent it down, if you are claiming, so this was the response of the Jews, right? That how can you even, you overdoing yourself, in your enmity to the Prophet ﷺ by saying, مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَى بَشْرٍ مِّنْ Got it? Alright. Then Allah Ta'ala addresses them, تَجْعَلُونَهُ And that book, that Torah, that was brought by Sayyidina Muhammad ﷺ as a and hidayah, you make it karatisa. You make it into sheets of paper, تُبْدُونَهَا Some of which you disclose, وَتُخْفُونَ كَثِيرًا While concealing the vast majority of it. This is what you've done with that, what was supposed to be shared with everyone as a Nur and Hidayah. And earlier we've done how they altered and adulterated its words and misplaced its words. وَأُلِمْتُمْ مَا لَمْ antum أَنتُمْ وَلَا And indeed you were taught by means of that scripture and revelation sent down to Sayyidina Mu'sayyidina you were taught malam لَمْ that which you didn't know. Antum neither you knew it, وَلَا أَبَاكُمْ nor did your fathers know it. قول Say to them say Say to them Allah thats what Quran saying، Kul, Say to them the thats it، Say to them Allah, Summa Zarhum, and then leave them في leave them to playing in their vain discourses and games and their abnormalities، absurdities absurdities leave them in their vain discourses and absurdities leave them playing in their Crazy ideas. It's Allah akmar Look at the power of Ismah Azim Ismah Jalala. Allah Swt saying, Sayyidina Rasulullah, he says some Allah. That's it. <laughs> Say to them one word, Ismay Azim Ismah Jalala Allah. Thumma and then after you said that, zarhum, leave them. Fi yal aboon in their vain discussions and absurdities yal aboon kill That let them play and keep playing in their vain discussions. So you got a nukta there, right? There's a lakshim in the ayah. Allahu Akbar. Kul Allah. Ismay Azam ka Zikr. hai na? Ismay Azam zikr. took this from Quran. The zikr of Ismay Azam and the ta'thir and the power of Allah Taala's Ismay Azam, Ismay Jalala. So going back up now, so this is yes, so it's clear, right, that this was a Jew that said that. However, there are people today who say the same thing. An atheist says exactly this. But there is no God, and he's never, there's no such thing as revelation, there's no prophecy. No God has ever revealed anything to any human. Right? That's a classic atheist line. No God has ever revealed anything to any human. That's exactly what they're saying. So what is the Qur'an saying? What can you do for such a person? Say to them, Allah. If your are loves Nikle. Maybe it can be a means of a die for him. Our only response to him is Allah subhanahu Alright. It can also mean that you should just the only thing you can do with an atheist is just talk to him again about Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. You can just declare. As loudly they proclaim and declare that no Allah SWT exists, you must stand firm and affirm that Allah exists and you must proclaim him to be. Alright? Okay. (laughs) وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ مُبَارَكٌ مُصَدِّكٌ لَّذِي بَيْنَ يَدَيْ And indeed this book, هذا this book, Qur'anul-Kareem. Allah Ta'ala saying is, we have sent down and revealed this Qur'an, مُبَارَكٌ As a book that is full of barakah. A book that is full of barakah. Allah says that barakah here means that it has all of the welfare of both the worlds. It contains in it guidance and guidelines and it will point you also. It doesn't have every single rule, it's a small book. But it contains all the information and all the pointers to those sources of information that will, that, with, 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 wherein lie the welfare of this world and the Akhirah. مُسَدَّقُ الَّذِي Baina Yadehi, And it is verifying and confirming that which has already preceded it, i.e. it is confirming and verifying all previous revelation, all previous scriptures, all previous prophets. وَلِتُنذِرَ ummal الْقُرَىٰ And so that you, Sayyidina Rasulullah so that you may warn. ummal Qurra. Literally, means the mother of cities. This was a term given by Allah Taala in Qur'an to Makkah Mukarramah. One reason that this term has been given actually at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, it was the leading metropolis, right? And all of the different places and the surrounding areas, all of their economic and otherwise, even their jahiliyyah, idol-worshipping religion, but their religious life centered around Makkah Makkah. But remember, Woman and all of those who were around her, around that city, right? Okay. But remember that Umul Kuralku al is pre-eternal. It means that forever, Allah subhanahu wa taala for past forever, pre-eternal means for past forever and future forever. Makkah Makkah is viewed as the mother of all cities, as the most important city. Even so today in English they use this term Makkah, right? If they want to say like Italy is the Makkah of pasta, right? That's what they mean, it's the mother in the center and the focal point, right? And so it means that for pre-eternity, if Makkah Makarama was Umm al then that goes very well with the Tafsir that we mentioned to you earlier, right? That there's Kaaba, Makkah Makarama, Beit Al-Ma'mur, Kursi, and Arsh, and that one star in the middle, Right? And that every single thing, this is the column of Allah and wadadat. And everything man hawlaha, everything is orbiting around it in a counterclockwise manner. So Qur'an al has come so that Nabi al sallallahu sallam may use it to warn and admonish. وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ But however, know that though indeed those and those who believe in the Akhirah, يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ they will believe in Qur'an. Those who believe in afterlife will believe in Qur'an. وَهُمَّ him صَلَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِذُونَ And what is the second feature of those who are going to believe in Qur'an? That they are those people, عَلَىٰ صَلَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِذُونَ That they are attentive, they are carefully observant, they are watchful, they guard, they preserve their salah. So when is to pray salah? Allah SWT often, almost always, and you can say in fact almost always in Qur'an, doesn't use the word pray Salah. Yes, there is musaleen, there is, but almost always uses another verb. Most often, yuki Salah, that they firmly establish their Salah, they're firmly established in their Salah, their Salah is their qiyam, is the actual pillar on their life and their day around which everything else pivots and rotates. Here, yuhafidun, right, that they're doing, they're carefully, attentively observant and guarding and preserving their Salah. These are people who are believers. وَمَنْ أَضْلَمُ مِمَّنْ اِفْتَرَىٰ عَلَى اللَّهِ And who is there who is more wrong and more unjust than that person who invents and fabricates lies and Allah tala, Oh, or that person who says, Or that person who claims and says that revelation has been revealed to me. Who is more unjust than that? And this is referring to, and that is why in the Deen of Islam, anyone who came as the and Prophet Musaylama Al-Kazab, mirza ghulam كَالِيَانِ Al-Kazab, there who can be Quran is saying that there is nobody more evil, nobody more sinful, nobody wrong. And he's guilty of both things. He has invented and fabricated lies against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has said, Uhiya ilayya he claimed that revelation had been given to him. Walam Yuha إِلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ And Allah Ta'ala saying nothing, nothing, Shaun, not a single drop has been revealed to him. Waman Kala, or another type of or another of well, the most extreme evil, Muhammad well, man called on that person who says, "So unzilu mithlama أَنزَلُوا That soon I will reveal, I will send down the like of which what Allah Ta'ala revealed, I will come up with the Qur'an, the like of which Allah Ta'ala revealed. Different than Mufassirun have mentioned different incidents and individuals about whom this may have been said. Right? If only, Allah Akbar, if only, وَلَوْ If only you, if you could only see Allah is addressing such people. Well, I, I just was really addressing everybody. If you could only see, إِذَا الظَّالِمُونَ فِي غَمَرَاتِ الْمَوْتِ That these ظَالِمُونَ These wrong, unjust, sinful oppressors, فِي غَمَرَاتِ الْمَوْتِ When they are in the throes of their death, the final moments right before death overcomes them, وَلَمَلَائِكَةُ بَاسِتُ أَيْدِيهِمْ And the angels are stretching forth, extending their hands to clutch their soul. What will the angels say to them? أخرجوا أنفسكم. Give up, out, out with your soul, out with your soul. اليوما, this day, today, to azabul hun, that today you will be meted out with the humiliating and punishment of humiliation and ignominy. بِمَا تَكُولُونَ, by means of that which you used to say, Allahumma, which used to lie, used to fabricate about allah غير الحقيقة, which was untrue. وَكُنْتُمْ أَنْ آيَاتِهِ And indeed throughout your life, تَسْتَقْبِرُونَ means that you viewed yourselves to be too great an ayatihi for the verses of his revelation. Now this last part, this can apply to a Muslim who believes in Qur'an but doesn't read Qur'an, thinks he's too great for that. Doesn't follow Qur'an, thinks he's too great for that. Doesn't submit to Qur'an, thinks he's too great for that. Means I've got better things in my time to do. I've got better ways to get guidelines as to how to live my life. I have my own whims and desires and wishes and pleasures. I don't need this book to guide me. I'm too big for that. A person's not going to say it like that with their tongue, but as we say in English, actions speak louder than words. If a person's life is such that he never picks up Qur'an, never reads Qur'an, is not guided by Qur'an, doesn't determine his behavior, habits, temperament, character, sifat, adab, akhlaq, by means of what Allah Ta'ala wants, then that means, وَكُنْتُمْ ayati آيَاتِهِ ta'stakbirun That you thought yourselves to be too great for the verses of revelation. That's what kabur means, right? Is, I mean, more people translate arrogant and prideful, but it's better to actually translate it technically here that you thought yourself too high and mighty for this. You thought that you were on, you were resting pretty on your laurels and perches and you don't need this type of stuff. It's very strong. Allah Ta'ala is linking such a person with the false prophet, with the person who claims, oh, this is a link of one by one by one by one, right? All right. <laughs> But indeed, you have come to us, you will come to us, furada, all alone. Oh sorry, Allah is continuing, the, but Allah Ta'ala is going to say to them, وَلَكَ جِئْتُمُونَا furada, indeed you have come to us alone, isolated, solitary. كَمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ أَوَّلَ مرة. Just in the same way that we had first created you. مَا خَوَّلْنَاكُمْ وَرَاءَ you left behind everything that we bestowed upon you behind your backs means you left it behind you. You haven't brought any of that to you. That's Allah is going to talk to them in the Day of Judgment. That you've come alone. وَمَا <laughs> maakum. And Allah says, and it's Allah tells almost, you know, almost something like in English, almost mocking them. Allah is reprimanding them, scolding them. وَمَا نَلَا مَا أَكُمْ شُفَاءَكُمُمُ زَعَمْتُمْ أَنَّهُمْ فِيكُمْ that we don't see with you any of those shufa'a'akum, any of those intercessors, interceders, intercessors that you used to think or you claimed or you thought that they were with you and they were partners with you. Fiqum, shuraka'u, that they were partners with you. Some translate this as partners with Allah, but actually it means that they were partners with you. So you your partners in crime, where are they now? Your leaders who said that we are the forefathers, your leaders or your false rabbis or false priests who told you to worship the idols, right? The people who you thought in this world had your back. Where are they? We don't see any of them with you now. We have raised you a that You are all alone. You and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one on one. You're too young to know. You know Dr. Jane, Larry Bird, one on one. <laughs> one on one. Allah Akbar. This is a human being is going to go one on one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَقَدْ تَقَتَّعَ بَيْنَكُمْ That Allah Ta'ala says, all ties between you and them have been severed, finished. وَذَلَّ ankum And they have deserted you, they have left you. مَا كُنْتُمْ All of those who you presumed and hoped and thought would be your partners. إِنَّ اللَّهَ <clears throat> Okay. So here Allah Ta'ala is mentioning Right on the Day of Judgment, all of this intense dialogue, Allah subhanahu is going to have with those people. And all of this, the of this, because from now, from verses uh, 95 and onwards, Allah is going to begin a different topic altogether. Up till Ayah 94, and what was Allah subhanahu doing? Allah subhanahu was talking about those who reject the Prophets, who reject Nubuvat, who reject any or every teachings of the Prophets and Messengers. Who reject the Quranic concept of Prophethood, the Quranic philosophy that a human being must follow prophets. Right? So this is the end of their outcome. This is the end dialogue and discussion they will have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Muhammad, surah verse surah number forty seven, verse twenty seven mentions the same things, mentions the punishment that such people will ha- have at the time of their death, that what will be their condition when the angels claim their souls, smiting, their f- smiting and striking their faces and their backs. Then Surah Araf, that's coming inshallah very soon, because the next verse surah, surah number 7, verse number 40, Allah SWT says in Quran about such people that the doors of j- the Jannah are not open for them, and they will not enter Jannah until a camel passes through the eye of a needle. That very famous Quranic metaphor. Means they will never, ever, ever enter Jannah. Even the doors won't even open for them. Okay. Then Allah SWT Surah Maryam, Surah number 19, verses 94 and 95. Also mentions the same thing that undoubtedly you will come to Allah SWT alone. Furada. So I wanted to mention that here because it's not just for these people. Every single person will be raised singly. And will have to go in front of Allah alone. Every person will have to encounter and have that one on one with Allah. Even the Anbiya and Mursaleen, and you just saw earlier yesterday the dialogue that Sayyidina Isa and Allah will have when Allah makes Sayyidina Isa go one on one with him. So, this is a feature of the Day of Judgment. Alright? And this last part, this last thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was saying, that we don't see your intercessors, what that means is that on the day of judgment, a person will be looking here and there, that where is that person? He told me that this was okay. He told me that this was halal. He told me it didn't matter. He told me that I should just be a moderate Muslim. Where is that person today? And that person won't be there on the day of judgment to defend you against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will be alone in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they will realize specifically again, the great Loss and the great detriment and the great harm they did to themselves By leaving the teachings of Sayyidina Rasulullah By leaving the prophetic teachings of that very Prophet who they claimed to believe and follow Alright Verses 95 and onwards Now Allah SWT is going to be mentioning certain signs And proofs and power And this can be used even for the atheists today these are going to be, Allah is going to mention certain signs in natural creation that are manifestations of His power, manifestations of, exi- of His existence, manifestations of His oneness. All right. إِنَّ اللَّهَ فَالِكُ الْحَبِّ وَالنَّوَىٰ That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that being who has caused the grain and the dates st- stones to split. What does this mean? Now, those who would understand this better than me, those who study sort of botany, but this is one way, right, when you have, and that's why they call it gene splicing as well, when they do genetic engineering on plants, the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enables vegetation, the plant world to propagate and to replicate and to grow, is through this notion of splitting, right? So when the seed splits, or you could even take it if you want, those of you who are more into molecular biology, you can look at this as mitosis, right? That these are... Ways Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes things to propagate and replicate through cell division, through splitting. <coughs> but here literally, the translation would be that uh, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that being. Father Who causes the grains, and that means all the crops and seeds of the grains to split, and the date stones to split as well. Second, يُخْرِجُ mayyit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that being, who takes out the living from the dead. And he's that being who takes out the dead from the living. So earlier we had given some examples of this, right? One example of this that sometimes they give is that the, the date stone is viewed as something that the date pit, the date seed is something that is viewed as that is dead, right? Normally an Urf, I mean, yes, in theory it is something that is plant, But it's basically dead. And from that, Allah Ta'ala is going to bring forth a whole date palm tree that is growing and that is very much alive, right? So this is the way Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala saw. So certainly... The fact that, again, I've mentioned this before, the fact that we are very modern, urbanized people, myself probably the most ignorant of how the plant world works, but the vast majority of humanity, just like they were more connected to the animal life, they were also intimately connected to the plant life and vegetation around them. So for the vast majority of human history, not just the Kuresha, Mako, even for 1,500, 1,800 years later, and even right now, the vast majority of the world today is still rural agrarian societies. So for the vast majority of insan, this would speak to them. This would speak to them what they see around them in nature. Now those of us who are unconnected to nature, and that is perhaps another reason why atheism may be more pre- 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 um, may. Be more prevalent. I don't want to say predominant, but maybe more prevalent may occur more in urban centers versus natural settings. Is because the person who is in the urban concrete jungle is not attuned to these signs of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that Allah wa Taala has placed in His creation. Salam <laughs> that indeed this is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So how is it? Fa means this, that how is it? Tufakun, how is it that you were deceived by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? How is it that you are holding back from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? How is it that you are sliding and slipping away from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? All right. Falakul isbahi, wa layla sakana. This I was telling you was coming. Falakul isbahi literally means the cleaver or rendering, splitting. Of the morning, because we did falak before splitting It means Allah Ta'ala causes the morning to dawn It's referring to, it's a metaphorical thing That when you have the blackness of the night And then the first thread of white appears So it can be described in such a way That the whiteness or the light rends the night asunder Or cleaves into the darkness of the night Okay that's, I know this is a bit difficult in English But that's the best I can explain it to you وَجَعْلَ اللَّيْلَ sakana. I, I told you this yesterday, right? I told you it was coming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the night, has made the night a sakan, a place of sakoon of quietude, of tranquility, of rest, right? Of sakoon and sakina Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the night. And that's what I explained to you yesterday, that it's more barakah to sleep in the night. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has fixed the sun and the moon on particular orbits so that you may calculate. Husbana, you may calculate by means of them. What does that mean? So the daily calendar, Is based on the sun, right? And for us, the annual calendar, in other words, a day for us is one rotation, right? It's a solar thing. And for the Western world have also chosen to make their annual calendar based on one entire orbit of the earth around the sun. For us, however, our annual calendar is based on the moon. So Allah SWT has made both of them. And it also makes sense it's more natural, right? Because if you follow the Western calendar, then the moon's orbits have nothing to do with you. You're not following a lunar calendar in any sense of the word. Everything has to do with the sun. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made both ashams and al Qamr husbana. So there is some wisdom and some hikmah in having the lunar calendar. One wisdom in hikmah is obviously that Ramadan rotates throughout the year. These days you are facing, right, part of that intense, part of that wisdom in hikmah that you have the 15, 16, 17 in England. It's like an 18, 19 hour fast. But then you will also have some moments in which some years if inshallah you live long enough those of you who are young, you will see those days, which we have seen, right? Which is the January, February, December, January, February type of fast. Alright? So there's some reason. here. there's some reason Allah tells us. Saying, uh, Azizil And indeed, this is the determination and the power and the manifestation of the power of Al-Aziz, Allah subhanahu the Almighty One. The One who is so mighty that He can create all of these things and entire planetary bodies and galactic clusters or following orbits fixed by Him according to the laws of gravity and physics that He has ordained. Right? And Al Alim. And he is all knowing about each and every single thing. nujuma? That and that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is the same being who made stars for you. Who made stars for you. That's what we're saying. So that you may be guided by those stars in the darknesses on the land and in the darknesses in the ocean. And that is something. Right that even you know, in classical times and even today people were able to use the stars to navigate able to use the stars to navigate. Alright. Indeed, Allah is saying, indeed we have made clear the signs, or you can say we've made clear the verses of Revelation. لَقَوْمِ يَعْلَمُونَ For a community that has knowledge, that a community that wishes to know, or sometimes we can translate as those who know, i.e. those who discern. there be a fancy English word for this. وَهُوَ الَّذِي And Allah is also that being, an sha'akum min nafsu wahida who created you and made you born from one nafs. We did this before, this is Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and I explained the tafsir of this later. Now here Al is going to mention a specific feature of human creation. Fa wa Mustakar is referring to that the human being is initially created from the sperm of their father and the sperm was residing for a long period of time, or the precursor to that sperm, the mother by which that sperm is made, was residing inside of a person. So, mustaqal, you can call a residence. And uh, mustoda is a temporary repository, that refers to the womb of the mother, that then when it is deposited into the womb, then that becomes a repository for this um, primary stuff or substance, the fetus, right?, the embryo, the fertilized embryo zygote fetus from which the human being is born. And Allah says, here that we have made clear and manifest our signs and our verses of revelation for a community. Earlier Allah Taala said, Ya'atlamoon. Now Allah Taala said, Ya'fkoon. Allah said that because the earlier one was easier to tell. The sun and the moon and stars, that is manifest for everyone, so that requires ilm. This concept that humanity was created from one soul and this notion of what I explained, the mustaqar and the mustoda—that that is more, that's more barik, right? That's more delicate. That requires more refined understanding. Therefore, Allah SWT gives the word yafqahoon. That's why fiqh in Islam refers to, it's a Qur'anic term, that refers to the more refined, detailed, profound understanding of Qur'an and Sunnah. And specifically the more profound understanding of what is halal and haram from the Qur'an and Sunnah. <coughs> and Allah subhanahu is that same being. Allah subhanahu is that same being. Anzala mina sama'i ma'an who causes to send, who sends down from the sky, who descends from above ma'an water, i.e. rain. فَاخْرَجْنَا بِهِ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ And Allah subhanahu by means of the water, the rain that comes down from the sky, Allah Ta'ala produces therefrom كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala causes to grow therefrom كُلِّ شَيْءٍ The produce and the growth of every single type of crop or vegetation. فَاخْرَجْنَا مِنْهُ خَذِراً and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes greenery to come out from it or produces therefrom greenery tukhriju minhu habban mutarakiba and that is the greenery that from which you produce uh, from which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala produces habban mutarakiba heaps and heaps of grains wa mina nahli min tal'iha kinwanun daniya. And from that Allah produces the date palm and clusters of fruit, with Janatin Min and gardens and you can say groves of grapes, right? Fruit gardens are called groves, orchards, groves and orchards of grapes, with Zaytuna and Olive, Warumana and Pomegranates, Mustabihaweda Mutashabih and there's sometimes these fruits are similar to one another, and sometimes they're completely dissimilar to one another. This can mean two things, that these fruits themselves, are like grapes and pomegranates, are kind of the same. And it can also mean that some of these fruits are completely different from one another, so you can see the fruits that are widely different. But it also means that from a single um, tree, or a single grove, or a single orchard, you may find two pomegranates that look very similar. And then you will also find two pomegranates that are very different from one another in size. Alright? Okay. By the way, this reminds me, sometimes some people have a practice when they want to pick a name for their child that to pick any word that occurs in Qur'an. So, for example, Roman. So, Roman just means pomegranate. Right? But sometimes they chose this name for their child. So, here, there may be very nice, wonderful people who have this name, Roman, um, but... Uh, it is preferred to keep names for our children either from the names of the Anbiya, Siddiqin, Shohada, Salihin, Sahaba, Tabin, Tabeen, Tabin, Mufasrin, Fuqaha, Usulin, Auliyah, Kamilin. Or secondly, or then to pick a word, if you don't pick a name, but to pick a word that has some positive meaning to it, that has some beautiful type meaning to it. So for example, like Musfira means smiling. That g- girl who smiles, right? And that's also a word in Quran, right? So it can't even be a word in Quran that has a positive meaning that could be taken in a positive way, right? Khir Roman can also be taken positively uh, as having a positive meaning, right? Because it's one of the bounties and blessings of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and certainly in Greek mythology, oh, in Greek mythology, pomegranate has a, quite a role to play. Here, all right. Uh, now here the word is going to be, Yu'minun. Tukhara lo Sfanta'al saying is that, behold their fruit, uh, be- behold their fruit, when they bear their fruit. Behold means look. Unduru, look and reflect upon the fruit, when they bear their fruit. Okay? When they bear their fruit and in their ripeness. Inna thalikum, and in this whole process, indeed, there are signs for those who believe. So now these are ayat. The first level of ayat were for people who had ill. Second level of ayat was for what? Yafkahun. And now third level ayat is yu'minun. So this suggests then that this concept of fruits, whereas vegetation and crops were for, were earlier. But this notion of fruits and the way fruits bear fruit and the way one seed bears other fruit, there's some beauty in that. And there's something about fruits, right? Allah Ta'ala has always mentioned fruits and the connection of Jannat as well. That these are signs for people who are believers. These are signs for people. So that means next time you eat fruit and you cut fruit and you have fruit shot, for some of you that next time may even be just in a few hours, right? You should view that fruit as a sign for the people who have iman. You should feel imam tazawdah. When you eat your um. Hmm? Allah Akbar. Alright. وَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ Now, what these people. Okay, now, next Allah is <mumbles> saying, and these people, they ascribed and made partners to Allah al <grabs> the jinn They made jinn to be partners with Allah. <glue> now, this is. Okay, let me do the historical, but there's a very much uh, contemporary. This is coming to another topic. Let me just see if there's anything I marked over here for you. about the night, I already mentioned that to you yesterday, right? That the night is a place of sukuun and more barakah if you rest in the night. Oh yes, another tafsir that they give a mustaqallun Mustaqar also means that there's a date, uh, no in fact it's in Quran if I'm not mistaken. That Allah subhanahu ta'ala, He caused all the human souls to come out from the back or the spine of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. So in that sense, the origin of all of the human souls, when it comes, I'll do it when it comes. But that's also one of the the tafsirs that they mention on this particular issue. All right. Now here Allah's sponsor is referring to that there was a particular group of the Mushrikin of Makumakanama who they had made jinn. They used to worship jinn. Now what are the jinn, right? This is another one of Pakistan's favorite topics, right? Jinn are a creation that is made of fire. They are good jinn and they are bad jinn. They're Muslim jinn, they're kuffar jinn. They're jinn who believe and unbelieve in Sayyidina Rasulullah And they're jinn who are tools and agents and minions of shaitan. Because Iblis himself was a jinn. So his sahaba, the sahaba of Iblis are drawn from the jinn. Alright? So they are known as shayateen in the plural. So sometimes what these shayateen used to do is they used to make people worship them and you find this again in anthropology religion will talk to you about spirit worship and demon worship and right and all of these type of things that was actually jinn that was jinn now in this day and age you have people doing the same thing that they ascribe partnerships of matona right so this one we me tell you our nebra story right so there's a book that's taught in the sixth year in the madrasa by imam al-taftazani in al sharqai and there was a particular passage in that that was extremely difficult and none of the students, myself included, could figure it out. I had bought an Arabic commentary on that by the name of Nibras. So the next day I came and I explained it to the students. And one of the students asked me that how did you know the explanation? I thought, "I just said the word Nibras because I thought they all would know. Well, Later on the students started treating me extra special and they were very weary every time I entered the room. And then I was wondering what is going on so then one day, one student came to me and asked me to ask Nibras something. Something he said, he brought up Nibras, as if it was some entity. So I asked him, he said, Nibras, aapka, and this is the term, this is when I realized that people have these distorted concepts, they also have very detailed terminologies for the distorted concepts. So he said, Aapka koi muakkil hai jiska nama Nibras. I said, muakkil oh, oh, <laughs> Nibras? So they thought that I had some pet jinn called Nibraz and that pet jinn told me the meaning of that passage. Hobi Not me. I'm not denying that. There may be believing jinn who studied these Islamic texts, right, and may even interact with human beings. Allahu alam. Right? But you should not make them partners to Allah. So people do, they're literally, unfortunately, I will tell you, there even some ulama who are into this. I've heard one or two of their talks. They're all into capturing jinn and manipulating jinn and using jinn even supposedly for good, right? And supposedly against the bad jinn but this is not something that a Muslim is is supposed to be doing. Okay? So here there were some shukhin in Mecca that they made partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What had they made partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Jinn. Alright. وَخَلَقَهُمْ And Allah subhanahu created the jinn. How could you make creation partner to the creator? The jinn themselves are makhluk. وَخَلَقَهُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created those jinn. وَخَلَقُوا بَنِينَ وَبَنَاتٍ بِغَيْرِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ أَمَّا يَسِفُونَ So what did they do? Alright. They falsely attribute... Haraku means, I don't know, they falsely attribute, they malign, and they falsely attribute in a way to malign. Lahu to Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Benina wa benatin, sons and daughters. So again, benin, says the Christians believe Sayyidina Isa was the son of Allah. Part of the Jews, they believe that Sayyidina Uzair was the son of Allah ta'ala. And the Mushrikeen of Makkah, they thought that their idols were the daughters of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ilmin, they do so without any proof-based knowledge. Subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, completely pure and flawless is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and far exalted is he, amma yasifun, from that which they attribute to him, from the characteristics that they think he has, that they think he's a father, that they think he has sons, that they think he has daughters, etc. Badiu samawatu wal ard, and Allah subhanahu is the creator of all that lies above, and I did this for you, Badiu, remember, originator, right? Originator, original creator, originator of all of the realms that lie above, wal ard and this earth, anna yakuna waldun. waladun anna yakuna lahu waladun where from and how could it be that allah subhanahu wa taala would have a child walam takun lahu sahiba wa khalaqa kull shay wa huwa bi kull shay in alim so how could it be that allah subhanahu wa taala would have a son uh walam takun lahu sahiba and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have a sahiba right a, a consort a bandi Put it that way in your Urdu. Allah doesn't have any such thing. Allah doesn't have that either. That's what it's trying to say. Allah doesn't have son, doesn't have wife, doesn't have consort, doesn't have anything. Well Allah is the being who's created every single thing. in alim and at every single thing that He has created he is all-knowing and His knowledge encompasses each and everything. Indeed know that this is Allah, this is your Rabb. La ilaha illahua. And there is no God except for Him, this one Allah ta'ala, Who is what? Khaliku kulli Who is the creator of each and every single thing. Fa Therefore you should worship Him and Him alone. وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَكِيلٍ And indeed Allah ta'ala is wakil, is the benefactor, caretaker caretaker, guardian, trustee over each and every single thing he was doing wakalat of each and every single thing that he has created and your vision your visionary perception will never be able to your eyes will never be able to perceive him you will never be able to gaze upon him here I should refer you to another ayah وَهُوَ يُدْرِكُ And Allah perceives all visions وَهُوَ اللَّتِيفُ الْخَبِيرِ First time this word has come Al-Latif. That Allah ta'ala is most subtle, Al-Latif. That His essence and His attributes are so subtle they are beyond your idraq, they are beyond your entire perception and comprehension. Al-Khabir, He is all-knowing, all-informed, all-aware. So on this ayah that Allah ta'ala, that you cannot see Allah ta'ala, remember that in it's coming in the next Surah Al-Araf, Surah number 7, verse number 143. When Sayyidina Musa, he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he wanted to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, let me actually open that up for you. Surah Al-Araf, verse number 143. So, قَالَ رَبِّ أَلِنِي أَنظُرْ إِلَيْكَ That, oh my rub, make yourself visible to me, I want to see you. qala Allah subhanahu said to Sayyidina wa ta'ala لَن تَرَانِي That you will never ever be able to see me. Right? And the rest of the details of this I will do over there. But it means that in terms of this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not be, uh, it's not possible to see Allah subhanahu in this world. However, in Surah Qiyamah, Surah number 75, verses number 22 to 23, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned that faces on that day shall be fresh. ila ربها نظرة And they will be gazing upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this world, even the Anbiya in this world, because they're in this world, this world cannot do idraq Right, so the Absar doesn't just mean a person's two eyes, but it also means all of the worldly perception cannot ascertain Allah S.W.T. Sometimes also the Mufassirun will stretch this even further, and saying, لَا تُدْرِكُهُ absar That you cannot completely understand and ascertain the nature of Allah S.W.T. He is ultimately unknowable. Al-Absar, their faculties of perception and knowledge, you cannot completely know Allah S.W.T. Those of you who took our Ghazali course would remember this, that to ultimately know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to ultimately know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to know that He is ultimately unknowable, and therefore then to know Him as He has revealed Himself to be, and wishes Himself to be known, and to experience His qurb and His Ma'iyat as He has mentioned in Qur'an al that is the height of Ma'rifah. But it ends up in ayn Adz ajz means to be Ajz. That the real Ma'rifah is that they know that however much I know, if I reach the ceiling. Beyond that, I, my comprehension, my Absar, if you will, my perception cannot grasp Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that sense, that's what it means, Allah tells al-latif. And there's no real good English word for this. I came up with subtle. I don't know. What does your translation have? al-latif. Subtle. That's, you know, that means... It's so subtle beyond, so subtle and refined beyond complete human ascertainment and perception and comprehension. This is why then the Messiah, Shaykh Bahaudin Naqshabani, used to make this du'a, يَا الْخَفِيُّ adrikni أَدْرِكْنِي بِلُطْفِكَ Khafi. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have an inner hidden khafi, subtlety. The subtlety that you have is in you, It's khafi is inside of you, Bring me and join me. So you see this Adraq. أَدْرِكْنِي khafi, Join me and let me experience the pleasure of that inner subtlety that you have. Right? And what does that mean? So there's going to be ayat that come about this. This is where Allah Ta'ala talks about his Ma'iyat and his Qurb and Ulaikul Muqarrabun and that people feel that Qurb. They feel that qurb with Allah SWT. So that is the subtle relationship a person can have with Allah SWT. Qurb. Kaja'akum basa'irun min rabbikum. Fa'man absara fa'li nafsihi. Mo man amiya fa'aleha. Wa ma ana alaykum bi hafeed. Okay. So indeed has come to you, O humanity. Basa'irun min rabbikum. Already insights have come to you from your rab. And that person who... If anyone sees, if anyone is able to perceive and ascertain and have insight to anything, see It is for their own benefit. Well أَمْيَا If any person is not able to perceive, literally means if any person is blind. So it can mean, right? But it means blinded to the signs of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. It doesn't mean blind in that sense. فَعَلَيْهَا Then it is to their own detriment. If anybody is not able to perceive, remember the rupt here, we're talking about those ayat of Allah right? For If a person who is able to perceive it, they do so to their own benefit, to the benefit of their self. And if they're unable to perceive it, they're blinded to it, it's imperceptible to them. For alayha, then it is such only to their own detriment. And then the Prophet is saying to them, "Wama ana alaykum And I'm not a guardian to watch over you. You have to come and you must learn Right, and specifically or unbelievers or mushrikeen in makkah, you must learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the basis of your own efforts. وَكَذَلِكَ الْآيَاتِ وَلَّيَكُولُ دَرَسْتَ وَلَّنُبَيَّنَنَّهُ Thus do we have, we may manifest clear and explain our ayat, the signs and verses of Revelation, that they may say, that they may say, "Will they occur So that they may say, "The rasta." That indeed, you have learned. You have learned. Bal nubayyan, bal nubayyet, bal nubayyinahu, bal nubayyinahu lekomi yatlamun, and so that we may make it clear and manifest to a community, a community who has ilm, a community of knowledge and discernment. Ittebi ma uhiya ileka min rabbiq. So it's. Literally addressed to the Prophet, so some, it to be followed, that which has been revealed and sent down upon you by means of revelation, من ربك from your Rabb, لا اله الا هو, there is no deity, no being worthy of worship except for Him, وَأَعْرِضْ أَنَ المُشْرِكِينَ and turn away. Turn away and ignore and be averse to the people who are idol worshippers. وَلَوْ شَاءَ Allahu ma ashruku. And if it was, if Allah Ta'ala had wished, were it to have been the wish of Allah Subhanahu, they would not have done any shirk. They would not have ascribed anything to Allah Subhanahu. Wa ma jaalnaka alayhum hafizat. And know that indeed we have not made you a guard over them. وَمَا anta alayhim And nor are you caretaker or entruster of their affairs. Of the affairs of the mushrikeen. وَلَا تَصُبُّ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ فَيَصُبُّ اللَّهَ أَدْوَمْ أَدْوَمْ بِغَيْرِ إِلْ Here, this is the general command, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, teaching, do not insult, do not insult, chastise, mock, jest, those who call on other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Literally, dua means they call on or means they pray, means means they worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? So they will in retaliation, they will then curse Allah SWT, they will revile Allah SWT, they will speak host in hostility about Allah SWT, and they will do so بغير ilm without any knowledge about Him. Alright, this is a passage that is very important. Here, number one, lesson that the مفَسْرِ and the Fuqah have taken out from this, it's not permissible to do something that will be a sabab, or that will cause an action that is impermissible. So it's a general teaching. If you do something and you know the effect of that, is that an, another person will do something that is impermissible, then you shouldn't do it. Second, is that Allah subhanahu is training us, is explaining to us that people have a very retaliatory nature. Right? So that doesn't mean they will, they will do things anyway. It's not like they'd only do they're not drawing cartoons of Sayyidina Susan because you start drawing cartoons of them they're not they're not retaliatory but if you were to do something right So this is where this is if you will to use modern day terms This is the Quranic ayat that would legislate against hate speech or insightful speech. This is the ayat in which if there was a community that followed legislation based on Quran, it would not be permissible to Draw caricatures or cartoons or speak in a re- repulsive way or to revile or to belittle any belief or even their gods. That's literally what it means. You cannot even revile or mock their idols and their gods. Lest they retaliate and then they will mock Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then they will end up engaging in a kufr greater than they're already in and it will be because of you. It will be because of you. Alright? Okay. That is when we all have to be careful, and we all—it's very difficult not to do this sometimes. Because sometimes, when you're speaking out against the falsehood, sometimes you end up speaking strongly. So you have to be careful about that. Have to be careful about that. So believers should never mock atheists for their atheism, because they will simply then just mock and revile believers for their belief. All right? Okay. kulli ummatin amaluhum. Here Allah saying indeed that we have for, for every group in community, we have made attractive to them Amaluhum what they do. It means that every group is, likes what they do. They like what their past is. They like what they're used to. Right? And therefore because this is a group, and initially it means that this is a group who have been worshipping idols for centuries, the mushrikin of Mecca, they're very fond of their idols. So don't mock and revile them because then they would just react and retaliate and then they will mock and revile Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And indeed towards their Rabb is their ultimate return فَيُنَّبِّئُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَأْمَلُونَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inform them clearly about each and every single thing that they used to do. billahi بِاللَّهِ imanihin إِمَانِهِنْ لَإِن جَاءَتْهُمْ آيَةٌ لَيُؤْمِنَنَّ بِهَا Alright, here it's saying that they should it would be uh, they swear they take kasm, they swear their oaths billahi. and which ones jahda imanihim, the most intense and powerful and strong of their oaths who do they invoke and swear in that they swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what is it that they swore that لَإِن جَاءَتْهُمْ آيَةٌ that they took an oath that if a sign came to them from Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala la this was you did sarf the zammaas for jammah muzakkar la yu'minunna that they will certainly certainly believe in it in, in that sign Cool, so say to them my beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi إِنَّمَا الْآيَاتُ اللَّهِ وسلم, that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has many many ayat many many signs and they belong إِنَّمَا كَلِّمَةَ hasr they belong to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, alone it's not for me to manifest it. They belong to Allah. The and uh, they belong to Allah. And what will Wama Yush and what is it that will bring you into shu'ur? What is it that will make you understand? Annaha Ida Jaat La Yu'minun. That indeed even if such a sign were to come, La Yu'minun, they would not take ima. They're untrue in that. They're untrue in that uh Untrue in their pledge. They won't even believe, even if such a sign was to occur. وَنُقَلِّبُ أَفْئِدَتُهُمْ وَأَبْصَارُهُمْ كَمَا ونظر 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 says we will upturn and cause an upheaval. Nukallib their afidah. Afidah is also a word for the heart. So the singular of this is Fu'ad and there's another word that comes Qalb. So the Mufassirin have this very long topic in Tasawf as well. That what is the difference between Fu'ad and Qalb? But they say Fu'ad is just one simple way to understand is that Fu'ad is the core of the Qalb. Fu'ad is the core of the Qalb around which the, the Ahwal of the Qalb pivot. Hmm? It's the Madar of the Ahwal of the Qalb. So when Allah SWT is saying, when it means that we will overturn and put into upheaval the core of their hearts and their eyes. As they would why? Because they would not believe Bihi they would not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Quran of the Prophet in the first instance. So what does it mean when the sign comes to them, right? Allah Ta'ala will see to it that their hearts and their and their um, eyes are not their perception is not affected by that sign and they don't take ima. Then Allah says, And we will leave them to wander distracted in their excesses. We will leave them wandering. And Ya'mahoon literally means blind, right? But it doesn't literally mean blind, but they will continue in such a state that their core of their heart has been turned away and their eyes and perception has been turned away and they will continue to wander in their sarkashi and their disobedience and their transgressions and their violations. They will walk around as if they are blind. All right. Let's finish the part. We'll take a short break, and shall we we'll come back? We'll begin the eighth, eighth, eighth Joseph Quran Al-Kareem. Surah number six, verse one eleven. Allahumma <laughs> inni shaitoonu dajimi bismi nalla humanun ahiim. Bala anana nazzilna alehimul malaikata wa kalla muhumul mauta wahasharnna alehim kullu shay. قبل ما كانوا ليعمّنوا إلا إن يشاء الله ولكن أكثرهم يجهدون. Here in the Surah Surah Al Nam Surah number six verses number one eleven onward. How oh, one thing I uh, the verses one ten these signs so in Ibn the theory of Nikathir, kathir is mentioned that when Sayyidina Rasulullah was speaking to the Quraysh and asking them to accept Islam. So the Quraysh told the Prophet Psalm, that you have told us through these Quranic revelations that Musa Psalm, had a staff that churn, changed into a serpent and that it caused 12 springs to gush forth from a boulder and that Sayyidina Isa used to raise, th- resurrect the dead, right? Etc., etc. So you must also show us a miracle. At this point, the Prophet Psalm, had not shown a mojaza yet. This was another early ayat. Early period. So then Sayyidina asked them, okay, what miracle is it that you want to see? So they said that we want this mount of Safa, you know, Safa Marwa. We want Safa to be turned to gold. And if you make it into gold, then we'll believe. So the Prophet asked them, actually. He asked them that if I was to do that, would you accept? So then Sayyidina they said, yes, we will all take Iman on you if you can turn the mountain hill, hill of Safa, into gold. So then Sayyidina Suha made du'a to Allah SWT. Ya yeah Allah, they're asking that these other previous Anbiya had mujizat, and that if I turn this hill of Safa into gold, what they will believe. So then the angel Jibreel came down in response to the du'a and told Sayyidina Suha the you have two options. Either we will make this mountain, this hill of Safa gold, but they're not really going to believe, and the ones who don't believe, Allah SWT is going to inflict a terrible punishment on them. Remember we did this earlier. Right that remember when the in Islam and Allah tells Okay, I'll do it, but remember the Maidah, right? I will send it down, but anybody who disbelieves afterwards I will afflict a punishment on him the likes of which I've never afflicted anyone before. Remember? So same thing. Right? So this is what happens when you request a miracle from request a community request their Prophet for a miracle. This is how Allah says, the same thing happened with the Motors. So says, um, so, that's the one, that's one, uh, so that's one choice. Do you realize that that's one choice? That, okay, we can, Allah Ta'ala saying we can do it. We'll give you that miracle. You can change Safan to gold. But anyone who doesn't believe after that will be inflicted upon a terrible punishment. Or you can choose not to change the hill into gold and leave them as they are and keep working on them and they will have the opportunity to perhaps make Tawbah of their Shirk and Kufr and accept Iman. So Sayyidina you know, Susan picked the second option. He said, okay, I won't turn Safa and to go leave them as they are. And I hope that I can, you know, try to convince as many of them as possible. This was his mercy and compassion. He was Rahmatul Al-Alamin. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses, still as a response to them, lest they taunt the Prophet and say, oh, you come back and said you can't do it. So this was those verses that, you know, even if you were to do it, they weren't going to accept iman. All right. Now here, uh, starting on uh, just number 8 inshaAllah, surah so number 6, verse number 11. That indeed Allah subhanahu is saying, that verily if we sent angels down, even if we sent the angels down to them, and even if the dead were to speak to them, قَلَّمَهُمُ Even were the dead to speak to them, right? And we gathered everything together before them, Wahasharna If we were to gather every single thing and put it in front of them, Right? Even then, مَا كَانُوا لِيُؤْمِنُوا إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءُ اللَّهُ Even then, not a single one of them would believe unless it was the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَكِنَ أَكْثَرَهُمْ يَجْهُلُونَ But rather instead, the vast majority of them have chosen جَهَل. The vast majority of them have been willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَذَلَكَ جعلنا لِكُلِّ نبي أُدُوَّا and then Allah Ta'ala says, and indeed we have made for every single prophet, Uduwan, enemies. What type of enemies? Watch this. Shayatin al wa shayatin al-jin. That's what it means. Shayatin al wa jin, That shayatin agents and tools and minions and partisans of Iblis and Satan from human beings, certain human shayatin. So people say that. Or this is a Quranic term, shayatin al-ins. That this should be a big deal no, until I never want to be amongst the shayatin al-ins, unknowingly, unwittingly, right, or even worse, knowingly, right, a tool of shay- the shaitan shay- amongst humanity. Well, jinn, those of you know Arabic, it's ataf, It means shayatin al-jinn and the satans from amongst the jinn. So every nabi had enemies like that. So this shows that one thing that Allah subhanahu wa taala is describing Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl as shayatin al-ins, that they're like satans from humanity. Another thing is that just like every Nabi had enemies like that in his lifetime, the sunnah of every Nabi will have enemies like that. So that means those who are outright deniers of sunnah and hadith, they are like shayateen al They are enemies to Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu because they deny his mission and his message and his legacy and his akhlaq and his uswatun hasana and all of the features about him that Allah subhanahu ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an. Alright. Yuhi بَعْضُهُمْ illa Now, yuhi literally that's wahi. So here it doesn't mean scriptural revelation. Here it means something closer to like waswasa that they insinuate and they inspire one another. Each one. So the shayateen of the jinn and the shayateen of the ins. So another thing this ayah is telling you that the only jinn-insan relationship and interaction that is being mentioned in the Quran is that relationship between the shayateen of insan and the shayateen of jinn they then interact and they insinuate and they inspire and they prompt you, he cannot they also prompt and instigate right? and provoke one another Ba'dhu Ba'dan Zuhruf al-Qawli Ghurura here Allah is saying that they do so uh, okay how can I put this? the most terrible of words that they euphemize they gift wrap it right they inspire each other deceitfully but with euphemized words gift wrapped words gilded words right adorned words seemingly beautiful words soft words but they're actually insinuating and inciting one another to evil but with words that they adorn and make them seem to seem sweet alright وَلَوْ sha'a rabbuka and if your Rabb had wished ma fa'aluhu they would not be able to do so they would not have done that. They wouldn't have done that. If Allah ta'ala had wished that. So clearly it means that they, as part of the wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's what's meant that Allah ta'ala is saying, no, that for every Nabi, I've made such enemies. So that's the wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there will be forces of evil that exist. And those forces of evil, Allah ta'ala has given them some free reign in this temporary life called this world to try to counter the forces of good. This is part of the wisdom and wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. فَذَرْهُمْ Leave them. يفترون, and all of those things that they invent and fabricate, leave them entirely. وَلِتَسْغَى إِلَيْهِ الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ وَلِيَرْضَوْهُ مَا هُمْ مُكْتَرِفُونَ Here, S.W.T. says, he let their hearts... وَلِتَّسْغَى إِلَيْهِ So those who don't believe in the Akhirah, let their hearts become inclined towards these whisperings and their, these insinuations. Further, Let them take pleasure in it. Let them enjoy these shayateen, and shayatin, jinn discussions. وَلَيَكْتَرِفُوا مَا هُمْ And just leave them, let them earn what they earn, let them commit what they commit, let them gain what they gain. Leave them. Alright. So here now, if again, if Sayyidina Rasulullah system is not being taught to do the counter spell, to go to Amil Saab, and come up with the counter amulet, no. Leave them. Leave them. Leave them. Leave them. Let them do. Let them insinuate one another. Let them take pleasure from that. Literally. Let them take their pleasure in that. And let them earn what they earn. Let them do what they do. Let them gain what they gain. Let them commit what they commit. Allah, Is there any other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Hakaman. That Sayyidina says that I will seek any judge other than Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. So clearly this is the response. This is the response to these evil machinations of the Shayateen of Insan, the Shayateen of Jinn. This is the ayah that we should read. Allahi hakaman, wa huwal Anzala ilaykum now Allah Ta'ala shift, this is called iltifat and balag, Allah Ta'ala shifts the tense, right? So first of all, the presuming that, is there any other than Allah Ta'ala whom, whom I will seek or turn to as a judge? Well, who alladhee, and Allah Ta'ala is that being, who has sent down upon you al-kitab, the Qur'an, al-kareem, mufassalan, in complete clarity and detail? وَالَّذِينَ آتَيْنَا هُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ مُنَزَّلٌ مِّن رَبِّكَ بِالْحَقِّ And that Allah subhanahu who has Sent down that book from your Lord in truth, Bil Huck. And so that you may know that it has been sent down from your rub in Huck. min مِنَ الْمُمْتَرِينَ and should never ever let yourself be amongst those who have any doubt or skepticism about that book. وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ wa Adla And such then the word of your Lord has been fulfilled in truth and in justice. لَا And there is nothing at all that can change the words and decrees of Allah SWT. وَهُوَ Samuel alim And indeed Allah ta'ala is all listening, is all knowing. Alright? So this is a good taweez for you. All right. These ayat, right? And Allah is making it completely clear. Nothing, la mubaddila, nothing can change the words, will, wish, decree of Allah. Originally, it means that the Quran Karim is perfectly pure and protected and preserved from alteration and adulteration. But it can also mean that nothing can change the decree of Allah. S. What does it mean? Nothing can change the fact that he has decreed that there will be enemies for the Prophets and their followers. Nothing can change the fact that there will be shayateen from the instant. Shayateen from January and shayateen from Jinn. And nothing should change the fact that your only response to them should be to leave them and that which they invent. And instead that you should say, (laughs) أَفَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ أَبْدَغِيْهَا كَمَنْ That is there any being other than Allah taala who I can turn to uh, as an adjudicator of justice. (laughs) وَإِن تُطِعْ أَكْثَرَ Man fil ardi. And if you were to follow the majority of people on this earth, yudil luka, they would make you go astray, unsabilullah, from the path of Allah. Swt. Now, some Quranic commentators have taken this to go against majority rule. This is the anti democracy ayah of Quran. What it is suggesting, right, is that you have to understand now, most people have been so indoctrinated and brainwashed due to the education that the word democracy, just the word, seems to them to suggest some nobility or something excellent. So forget all of the trappings. Just look at one feature which is majority rule. Should the majority decide. So if you look at humanity, right, if you look what it would be the ultimate manifestation of democracy, would be the electorate that is the whole human race. And the vast majority of the human race have chosen to disbelieve in Allah SWT. And that comes over and over again. The majority of them, they're not people of shukr. The majority of them aren't people of iman. So if you were to look at this choice, right? The choice of the majority. So Allah Ta'ala has in that sense given a spiritual democracy to the human race. As a human race, every human being has been given a choice. And the majority of them have chosen to disbelieve in Allah Subh'anaHu That's come. I've done some ayat like that before. So then... What is the What Allah telling <laughs> the Prophet, if you were to obey, means if you were to obey, man fil ard, if you were to follow the trend, if you were to obey what the majority of people do, then they would totally make you go astray from the path of Allah SWT, <laughs> because the majority of the people on earth have not chosen to follow the path of Allah <laughs> That was true at the time of the Prophet, and that is true from every age from him up till today. The only exception will be when Imam Mayd comes and then Sayyidina the alayhi wasallam comes and then there will be a triumph. There will be a period on earth when actually iman is ghalib for the first time in human history. Iman will be ghalib and then like I told you again it will fade away until there is no believer left on earth anymore. illa <laughs> zanna, that, and what are these people following if they're not following Sayyidullah? They're following nothing other than their own whims and desires, their fancies, what they think. They're following what they think, as opposed to what Allah revealed. وَإِنُهُمْ إِلَّا يَخْرُثُونَ And indeed, they are nothing other. They are nothing other than people who are. What should we call this? They're only guessing. They're estimating, they're wandering and ambling in the dark, right? So this suggests that being unguided by revelation, no matter how intelligent, no matter how scholarly, no matter how learned, no matter how educated, that person who chooses to be unguided and ungoverned by Quran and Sunnah is simply doing what? <inaudible> that they are not following anything other than their own thoughts and ideas and conjectures. <inaudible> and indeed, they are nothing other than just wandering and ambling about, guessing here and there. Alright? And certainly, I think that would describe many, many of the mass electorates. Uh, that exist in these "quote unquote" democracies of today. All right. Inna <laughs> huwa Indeed, your Rabb knows is the most knowing. an sabilihi that who has gone astray from his path, huwa bil and he is also the one who knows the most as to who are those who are rightly guided on his path. So you should eat from each and every one of those things over which Allah Ta'ala's name has been mentioned. إِن كُنْتُمْ بِآيَاتِهِ مُؤْمِنِينَ If indeed you were true believers in the verses of His revelation. So here, that I've discussed to you, I've discussed the ahkam of slaughtering and mentioning Allah Ta'ala's name with you earlier. So I'm not going to repeat it right now. Alright. Okay In fact uh, Another thing That some of the commentators mentions And instead of following the majority Then who should you follow? So that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said In Quran Karim Ya ayuhal ladheena Wa kunu maa sadiqeen That oh you believe you should fear Allah subhanahu wa And kunu you should associate And keep the company with the sadiqeen So even in terms of polity In terms of any type of rule and leadership it's a, That's a minority Of insan who were called sadiqeen and it's that minority which is supposed to govern the affairs of man, because the majority of men, the majority of human beings, are not are not worthy of a position of leadership, or even worthy of deciding or ascertaining who would be that position of leadership. All right. Here now this issue, uh, these ayahs we're going to then trans- translate much quicker, because I discussed all of these rules with you about slaughter and about eating, so all of these things have come already. So we're just going to go ahead and translate. So I'm here now in verses one, uh, one eighteen and onward. Okay, wa مِمَّا ذُكَرَ اسْمُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ Right, and it is not does not befit you that it, uh, that you should you should not eat from those things which Allah's name has been mentioned. So the first ayah is that to to partake. First part, Fukulu مِمَّا ذُكَرَ اسْمُ الله عليك, That you should eat from those things in which Allah subhanahu wa name has been mentioned. Indeed, if you're true believers with my verses and revelations. Next I is that, why should you not partake? مَمَا لَكُمْ أَلَّا Why should you not eat from those things? On which Allah's name has been mentioned. وَكَدْ فَسَّلَ لَكُمْ مَا, مَا <عَلَيْكُم> And indeed Allah ta'ala has already made completely clear in detailed form to you that which He has prohibited for you. إِلَّا مَذْتُرِرْتُمْ مضطر إِلَيْهِ Except for that which you do in a state of compelled necessity. That we already did for you earlier as well. كَثِيرًا لَيُذِلُّونَ بِأَهْوَائِهِمْ بِغَيْرِ إِلْمٍ But however the vast majority, how many the كَثِيرًا How many of the majority, how many of them, will lead people astray by means of their own whims and desires Really, how many people will mislead you into thinking that you can eat all of those types of meat in which the name of Allah has not been mentioned, right? And they're doing it بَأَهْوَائِهِمْ on the basis of their own whims and desires بغيرِ ilm, not on the basis of sound and authentic knowledge. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُوا بِالْمُؤْتَدِينَ And indeed, Allah is the one who knows best the mu'tadin, the ones who transgress and exceed the limits that He has said. وَذَرُوا ذَاهِرَ الْإِثْمِ وَبَاتِنَا And Allah says in the Qur'an, that you must leave all of the sins you do outwardly. وَبَاتِنَهُ And leave the inward sins as well. And this means leave doing sin and leave wanting sin. So what are the zahir sins, zahir sins are like? lying, and stealing, and not praying, and drinking, and doing zina, right? What are the batin sins? Batin sins are the feelings of unlawful lust, feeling of unlawful anger, feeling of unlawful greed, feeling of unlawful pride and arrogance, feelings of unlawful envy and jealousy. Those are the inner sins. And second way that this can be translated, whether to ithmi wa batina and stop doing the outward actions of sin and stop feeling the feelings of sin. And so we have many, many times lectured you an entire lecture just on this ayah, right? And that you can listen to on the website. But just one example that we normally give, right? Is if a person doesn't kill, but they say their heart desires murder, you would say this person something wrong with them. You say he's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. Let's say I told you about myself. The alhamdulillah, I've never killed anybody. But every now and then at night, I have this great desire to murder someone. And I, But I tried to say, but I'm... I'm There's nothing wrong. I haven't killed anybody. You would say, look, the fact that you haven't killed anybody, okay, good. But the fact that at night you fantasize about murdering people, you're a psychopath. (laughs) You need help. That itself is problematic. Now just replace murder with lust. Just replace murder with envy. If somebody says, I've never done anything bad to somebody because I felt jealous, because of jealousy. Okay, fine. But do you feel jealousy? Yes. The problem? (laughs) So Allah Ta'ala wants that a person should be pure from sinful action, but also baatin should be pure from sinful emotion. Should never feel the feelings of sin. And that's the only way that you can be guaranteed that you won't commit the actions of sin, is when you're free from the feelings of sin. Just like none of you at night fantasize about eating the pork chop, that's why you guaranteed will never ever eat pork, because you never ever even think about it. The, even the smallest atom of even wondering about what pork tastes like is not in your baton. When your baton is as pure from every sin, that is when you become muttaki. That's taqwa. Taqwa means that my heart, my interior has been emptied of even the fathoming of sin of lust, of anything, just as much as my baton is completely emptied of the concept or even hypothetical possibility of me eating pork. And that's what Allah Ta'ala is saying here. وَذَرُوا <speaking> in <Spanish> <speaking> in <Spanish> so bima ya, indeed know that those who commit a sin, that indeed, they will be repaid for what they used to perpetrate. بِمَا كَانُوا With all of the sins that they used to commit. They will face the consequences of it. وَلَا تَاقُلُ مِمَّا لَمْ يُذْكَرِ اسْمُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ So third time, Allah, اسْمُ اللَّهِ ذِكْر اسْمُ اللَّهِ ذِكْر اسم الله is اللَّهِ How could somebody suggest that you don't need to take the name of Allah SWT when you slaughter an animal? So said, don't eat that over which Allah SWT's name was not mentioned over it. Not mentioned over it when it was slaughtered. Therefore, your mentioning it now. When you eat it isn't going to help. Isn't going to help. Alright? وَإِنَّهُ لَفِسْكُنْ And indeed, to do such a thing would be outrageous sin. وَإِنَّ, الشي... وَإِنَّ الشَّيَاتِينَ ila إِلَىٰ أَوْلِيَائِهِمْ لِيُجَادِلُوكُمْ And indeed, the shayateen, what do they do? They insinuate and they whisper and they inspire their own awliya their own awliya right which means their own friends to do what Liyujadilukum to debate with you to contend with you to argue with you so if you took the rabd if you took the rabd what is the ayah talking about three times is mentioning don't eat the meat right I mean first it said eat and what is wrong with it you don't eat and now it's saying don't eat right eat that which Allah's name is mentioned what is wrong with you that you wouldn't eat the name which over which Allah's, Allah's name is mentioned and here don't eat and indeed the shayateen are going to inspire and send wahi to their awliya to contend with you and to argue with you. It's Quran, right? And if you were to follow those awliya of the shayateen, la Indeed you will be idol worshippers. You would be following Satan. Satan and the shayateen instead of following Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أو من كان ميتاً فاهيئناه وجعلنا له نوراً به في الناس كمن مثله في ليس بخارج ليس Okay, here quoting an example. But let's just make sure there's nothing else we have to say over here. Okay, that person who is dead that person who is dead, Allah is saying, is that person who is dead, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, and we have revived him. And then we make for him a nur. We give him a light, whereby which he walks amongst humanity. Is that person like, or is that person like, or it can we become, مَمْ فِي Is that person like the person who is walking in darknesses? And such darknesses, لَيْسَ بِخَارَجِ مِنْهَا There is no emerging from those darknesses. They are permanently residing in those darknesses. Such is the way that we have made appear to, be to be beautiful to the unbelievers all of the things that they do. So they are like walking around in swirls of darkness from which there is no emerging, there is no exit. And the mu'min, the person, the kafir who makes toba, was like the mayat, was like the dead one. But we revived him because he accepted iman. And when the way we revived him, we gave him a nur And he walked around by means of that nur in all of humanity. Okay, that's done. So that's Allah Ta'ala said, that we have made a kabir. Now here, I mean, don't think, right? A kabr can be used in both ways, right? A kabr just means the elders, those who you view to be senior or greater. The ones who have a grand, greater, senior, special status. So indeed, we have made in every single karya, in every community, in every dwelling, in every residential city or town or community, some elders in every population. And what are they? Mujrimiha. They are sinners. Mujrims. They're sinners and transgressors of that community. They yamkuru fiha. And what do they do? They plot fiha in the midst of that community. Wama illa but they are not plotting, they're plotting to no avail other than to the harm of their own selves. يشعرون, and they don't even perceive that at all. Alright? Okay. وَإِذَا that آيَةٌ and then know that indeed when a verse and command and sign from Allah subhanahu wa taala has come to, comes to them, قَالُوا What do they say? Lan nu'mina, that we don't, but we won't. We refuse. We will never ever believe in it. Hatta until نؤ, مِثْلَ nuta أُوْتِيَ utia rusulullah that until we are bestowed and we are given that thing which is like of what is given, given the likes of what the anbiya, the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa taala were given. All right. Okay, some commentary on these terms. First of all, Allah mention that specifically this ayah, man kana, is talking about Sayyidina Habzar anhu the uncle of Sayyidina Rasulullah when he accepted Imam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was mentioning him and distinguishing him from the other unbelievers who had yet to accept iman. Alright. The Akabir here is mentioned as the prominent people of Makkumul So what happened was that, for example, Abu Lahab and Abu Jahal, they were sinners and they were transgressors and they were always plotting and causes, causing sedition and discord and mischief amongst the people of Makkumul Karma. So Allah SWT was telling them that after all their plotting, they're not going to be able to stop those people who are going to accept iman. That all their plotting couldn't stop Sayyidina Hamza rather than accepting iman. It's only going to be against their own selves. That their plotting is going to be only to the harm and detriment of their own selves. But they're not people who, uh, they're not people who are aware. All right. Then this thing, which is this next ayah in one twenty-four, in which there was people who were saying that we won't believe means until we're bestowed upon Nabu. That's what it means, right? Mitla ma uti that we won't believe until we're given the same things so until wahi is sent on us. Until Angel Gabriel comes on us. Until revelation has come on our heart, right? And it gets, it's the same thing sometimes an atheist of today will say the same thing mockingly. It says, okay, well I'll believe when I become a prophet. I'll believe when your God makes me his prophet. They say things like that. That's how they talk. Right? Al-Aman al-Hafiz. So, there was a person, his name was Walid ibn Muhira. He once told Sayyidina al that if Nebuth really exists, then I'm more worthy of it than you. And why? Because I'm older. So that's why the Sakaabra thing, I'm more elder to you, right? And therefore, and my wealth, and I'm also richer than you, right? So Allah SWT is replying. And what is Allah SWT reply over here? Allahu <laughs> A'lamu haythu yaj'alu risalati who? That Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is more knowing it means that Allah Ta'ala knows who is worthy of receiving his messengerhood who is worthy of becoming a prophet this is not something that you can ask as a sign Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala knows best where to place right haythu yaj'alu risalatahu <laughs> upon whom and where to bestow this mantle of prophethood and messengerhood سَيُسِيبُ Ladina Ajamu, And surely soon will befall those who are transgressing and sinning. صَغَارٌ Indallahi <inaudible> wa وَأَذَابٌ شَدِيدٌ بِمَا kanu يَمْكُرُونَ That what will fall into them, they will have a contempt in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they will have an intensely severe punishment due to all of the things that they used to plot and plant. فَمَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَهْدِيَهُ يَشْرَحْ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ This is an ayah that you can recite as a dua if you have any non-Muslim friend who you wish to become a believer. فَمَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ That whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, and by non-Muslim friend this could include the agnostic, atheist, Muslim, Pakistani friend, right? Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends and wishes, أَنْ يَهْدِيَهُ That Allah ta'ala will guide him, يَشْرَحْ صَدْرَهُ Islam. That's what you say. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will expand his breast and open up his heart to the deen of Islam. right? And this is referring to the first order hidayah. First type of hidayah is the blast of nur that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends out of his mercy into the heart of a person. And at least that takes a person out of atheism. It may not bring them into obedience and compliance with every rule of Islam. But it brings them out of atheism then comes the second journey that now that they know allah SWT exists now for the rest of their life they need hidayah right on how to live a life properly in in proper respect and in, in accord with the fact that allah ta'ala exists all right yurid harajan samaa ridsa alladhina la يُؤْمِنُونَ okay and so whomsoever allah wa ta'ala wishes yudhillahu that he will misguide them he will close their heart away from guidance so what does allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do he constricts zayyak he constricts makes narrow his suder his breast and heart harajan in such a way that ka'annama yasa'du fi that if that person were to climb Literally, it means that if the person was to try climbing as if he were trying to climb into the sky. Right? It means trying to do something impossible. Impossibility of hidayah going so tight that the hidayah coming into their breast is as impossible for that person to climb up into the sky. that Allah subhanahu a can mean a penalty or a torment Okay, he's translated as punishment, penalty or torment. I don't know what, how's Mufti it takes it? Abomination, okay. On those who do not believe. la On those who don't believe. مستقيمة, and know indeed that this is the path of your Rabb that is absolutely straight. قَدْ فَسَّلْنَا الْآيَاتِ لِكَوْمِ يَذَّكَّرُونَ And indeed Allah Ta'ala says that surely and certainly we have expanded and made clear and manifest the verses of our revelation for such a community that wishes to receive nasiha and wishes to be guided and counseled by it. لَهُمْ دَارُ لَهُمْ دَارُ السَّلَامِ إِنْ دَ وَهُوَ وَلِيُّهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَأْمَلُونَ So Allah SWT is saying is in that community that wishes to get the guidance from Allah SWT, that wants to get the zikr and nasiha from Allah SWT. So what is it that they will have? They will have darus salam. They will have an abode of eternal and absolute and complete peace. This is what Allah SWT is guiding them to. إِنْ دَ and they will be in the presence of their Rabb. It's not that the dar they will be put somewhere else. The, actually the real, real thing here is inda rabbihim. Right, you see jannat could have been some place which was not within the divine presence. So inda rabbihim means that they will be near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the divine presence. They will get to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah. Wa huwa And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is their wali, is their protector, patron, benefactor, intimate friend. And how did they get that wilayat of Allah subhanahu ta'ala? بِمَا They got the Darussalam, they got the Indirabbihim, and they got the wilayat of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Due to the a'mal that they used to do. So that's why we need a'mal as-salih. We need to be people of worship and action and good deeds and righteous acts. Because it's on the basis of that that we're going to be able to get this akhirah. وَيَوْمَ يَحْشُرُهُمْ jamea and that day in which Allah Subhanahu ta'ala he will gather all of them jami'ah together and entirety ya مَأْشِرُ al so here now Allah Subhanahu is addressing right this company or oh, gathering or company or group of jinn kadistakthartum min al-ins indeed you have even um, it can mean you have exceeded or you have exploited humanity you have exceeded or exploited humanity. You have made... Ah, okay. You have exploited humanity in the sense that you have made a vast majority of them your followers. وَقَالَ min مِنَ الْإِنْسِ And their friends, the friends of those jinn. Now, what, what are the people who have befriended jinn? What are they going to say in the Day of Judgment? رَبَنَا اسْتَمْتَعَى بَعْضُنَا بِبَعْضِهُمْ وَبَلَغْنَا أَجَلَنَا الَّذِي أَجَّلْتَ لَنَا مَثْوَاكُمْ خَالَدِينَ فِيهَا إِلَّا مَا شاء الله. So what are they going to say? The ones who associate with the jinn, they're going to say, the our oh, we took advantage, we took benefit and took advantage, بَعْضَنَا بِبَعْضَ over one another. We took advantage, one of us, over one another. Now we have come to the term limit, now we have reached our term limit, that limit that you had set for us, is the life of the world has ended. When we were in this world, we took advantage of one another. We helped one another in these evil machinations, evil plots, evil things that we used to do. And now the time has expired, right? So what will the response be to them? So Allah subhanahu will say to them what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala an-naru say, That the fire of Jahannam is your abode and resting place. That you will dwell therein. It's the first time you've seen this after Khalidina fiha. Either you've seen Khalidina fiha, or you've seen Khalidina fiha abada. Now you're saying, Khalidina fiha, illa اللَّهُ that there may be a few, but nobody can know that there, there may be some few human beings who were engaged with jinn and doing these machination plotting with jinns who Allah Ta'ala will forgive them. Maybe because they did so because they were misguided, right? By someone, some ustaz made them their shagird and misguided them. Would there be ustaz They're taught all these incantations and spells and amliyat and black magic, right? Illa masha Allah, except whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes. Inna labbaka hakimun alimun, and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the repository and possessor and incarnate of all wisdom, and He is the very essence of all knowledge. Knowledge incarnate possesses all knowledge, all wise, and all knowing. All right. وَكَذَلَكَ نُوَلِّي بَعْضُ الظَّالِمِينَ بَعْضًا بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ And thus Allah subhanahu says, do we turn some of the wrongful unjust transgressions, بَعْضًا بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ that we, turn, that we make them turn to each other for what they have been seeking. Alright? That they will turn to one another as allies because of the deeds that they used to do بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ Because of all the deeds or misdeeds they used to perpetrate. Ya يَا jinni wal وَالْإِنسِ Now, both of them are coming together. Now, O group of jinn and humanity. O group of jinn and humanity. Khair, so here first you have the questioning of jinn on the day of judgment. Right? And I mentioned to you that jinn are like insan. They're good in them. They're bad in them. They're believers in them. They're unbelievers in them. And they will also go through a hisab. They will also be questioned and called to account by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. All right? And another way also, رَبَّنَا سْتَمْتَعَ bi It also means, like I said, take advantage of it, means take benefit from. So any human being who took benefit from some jinn, right? Kala naru That's the response Allah is going to give them on the Day of Judgment. Right? So there's not something to take lightly at all. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Qur'anul Kareem. This last verse that وَكَذَلِكَ نُوَلِّي بَعْذَ الظَّالِمِينَ بَعْذَمٌ has been understood in two ways. Number one, it means that in this world that Allah Ta'ala has made them allies and friends to one another because of the evil deeds that they perpetrate and wish to commit. Second meaning is that no, on the Day of Judgment they will be bought, and that's how I think I translated it, on the Day of Judgment they will be bought closer to one another and they will be made you know, Nuwali means that we will make them walis one of the other. We will make these different Dalameen walis, awliya of one another. Bimakanu Yaksabun by means of what they used to do together in this world. Right? And there and where they'll be friends with one another, where? In the fire of Jahannam. Okay, and then the next Haylatal addresses them both together. Ya O assembly or gathering your communities of both Jinn and humanity. Alami yatukum Rusulum minkum that did not Anbiya and Prophets come uh, come to you from your own selves, يَقُصُّونَ alaykum ayati. and did they not narrate to you and tell you about my signs and my verses, وَيُنذِرُونَكُمْ and did they not warn you and admonish you, and tell you about what, in particular tell you to be wary about what, لِكَاءَ ayomikum hada that to prepare for this meeting, this meeting of that, that you're having with me, that you're having with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this very meeting on this day, so they will respond all of the jinn and humanity. They will all respond shahidna ala anfusina. That we testify against our own selves. Right. So when you bring a witness to testify, this is the criminal who left the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these human and jinn who are collaborating with one another. So they will say we testify on our own selves. وَغَرَّتْهُمُ dunya, And what happened? That the, word, the life of this world deceived them, right? This we've done before, the life of this world, deceived them, وَشَهِدُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ And thus did they testify against their own selves, أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا كَافِرِينَ And they testified that they were indeed people who denied the commandments of Allah, SWT, or denied the existence, and means disbelieved in Allah, SWT. ذَلَكَ يَكُنْ رَبُّكَ bi الْقُرَاءَ wa وَأَهْلُهَا ghafidun. This is Allah SWT saying, this is such that your rub is not this is done so that your rub does not make halakh does not annihilate entire communities and settlements unjustly. He doesn't do that when their habits wa Ahlullah when their inhabitants are unaware. وَلَكُلَّن دَرَجَاتٌ mimma عَمِلُوا And to each and every single individual insan and in jinn on the day of judgment and the akhirah will be bestowed دَرَجَاتٌ levels and levels mimma عَمِلُوا Based on what they used to do. And those of you who were there, we were listening to our shaykh, he mentioned that even one subhanallah, one extra subhanallah will lead to an entire daraja in jannah. So it means that everybody will be on some level, it's a leveled, an infinitely, almost infinitely leveled plane of Jannah. Right? One SubhanAllah will put a person in a higher darajah than the person who had offered one SubhanAllah less than him. Alright? Mimma amilu. So again what is coming here? A'mal, a'mal, a'mal. وَمَا رَبُّكَمْ بِغَافِلٍ أَمَّا يَأْمَلُونَ And your rub is not at all in any way unaware Of any single thing that they do. وَرَبُّكَ الْغَنِيُّ ذُو الْرَحْمَةِ Allah Akbar. So Allah is saying, and your Lord is Ghani, He's absolutely independent. But, ذُو الْرَحْمَةِ but He's also the being of infinite mercy. So He's absolutely independent of you, beyond having any need of you, doesn't even need to be merciful of you, but He is ذُو الْرَحْمَةِ as it means like Al-Rahim. So ذُو الْرَحْمَةِ means the being of mercy. ذُو means that thing which is You've done Zuh you've done, and Udo those two tiny grammar. Zuh, the being of whom lies mercy within him, right? Mercy itself. <speaking> in Yisha, Yudhibkum, wa bYastakh lif, min ba'dikum ma Yisha'u kama ansha'ukum min zuriyatikum min a'khriin. here's O Father, if Allah Taala wishes, Yudhibkum. He will take you away. He will have. He will remove you, and he will replace you. وَيَسْتَخْلِفَ literally means He will bring behind you as substitutes for you. He will replace you. مِنْ he will replace وَرْبَيْسَهُ After you, مَا يَشَعُ With whomsoever He wishes. كَمَا مِنْ ذُرْيَةٍ مِنْ, مِن آخرين. Just like the same way Allah taala created you from the posterity of other people. In other words, you yourself were created from the descendants of another call. So you were created from the descendants of the people who live in the 19th century. Just like you were brought from an earlier community, Allah can take you away and bring another community in your stead as a substitute. Alright? قُلْ (laughs) يَا قَوْمِ اَمَلُوا My Nubiyah ﷺ tell them that all my community that you should do (speaking) amal. (speaking) Amal. (speaking) عَلَى (speaking) مَقَانَتِكُمْ (speaking) إِنِّي آمِلٌ فَسُوفَ تَعْلَمُونَ مَن تَكُونُ لُهُ عَاكِبَةُ الْدَارِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِهُ الظَّالِمِينَ ظَالِمُونَ all right. Here, al is saying is that that you should do amal. Go say, my beloved Messenger I'm that you should do amal ala makanatikum inni amilun lamun. That you should practice and you should work according to your capability. All right according to your place or your stature or your capability or your ability in the amilun that indeed I myself am doing amal that the amilun is meant to show himself as he is praying salah, he is praying tahajjud he is fasting in Ramadan, he is making dua right? and this is also the response to certain people right? there is a certain group in Pakistan that they think that because they have reached such a spiritual rank they don't need to do anything so we are we are Right? I don't know. Ka, ka, much, eh? Right? But the Prophet ﷺ is saying, "Inni Ahmilun That look at me. I am doing amal. I am striving. I am working. I am doing good deeds. I am doing ibadah. So Nabi ﷺ gave himself first and foremost as an example. فَصَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ Indeed, sure, surely you will know. And what will you know? You will know, man تَكُنُ Who is going to end up Right, in this end, end of the Aqibah, their outcome will be a dar, means dar, Surah will be in paradise. Innu yuflihu zalimun And indeed, it is certain that those who do wrong, la yuflihu zalimun the zalimun will never have falah, they will never attain felicity and success. وَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ مِمَا ذَرَا ذَرَا مِنَ الْحَرْثِ وَالْأَنَامِ نَسِيبًا فَقَالُوا هَذَا لِلَّهِ بِالزَامِهِنِ Alright, this was the practice of the Pagans of the Mushrikeen of That what they used to do Is that from their crops And their cultivation And from their animals Their cattle Their livestock Right What did they used to do? They used to assign a share For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And what would they think? They would say it as if Hada lillahi. This is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala According to their own Faulty thinking And Allah subhanahu Saying he's Mustaqni. He doesn't need these things he doesn't need the livestock, and he doesn't need the animals. But what they used to do, even worse with hadan they used to take another group of it, another amount of their crop and vegetation and animals, and say, well, hada and this is for our partners. Right? So, فَمَا Allah SWT says in responses, فَمَا كَانَ لِشُرَقَائِهِمْ فَلَا Fala إِلَى اللَّهِ So Allah SWT saying is that, which their idols, right? Their idols, the, 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 the share, the idols share does not reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah's share, وَمَا لِلَّهِ فَهُوَ يَصِلُوا إِلَى شُرَقَائِهِمْ And that which they assigned as the share of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? That does not reach their partners. Evil indeed is what they decide. سَاءَ مَا يحكمون. Evil indeed is what they decide. Okay, so this was their imagination. They set aside a share of their produce and livestock that this is for Allah SWT, this is for our idols. So what was for their idols does not reach Allah SWT, and what was for Allah SWT does not reach their idols. This is what they were thinking, right? That if I set this aside for the idols, Allah Taala won't have any share in it. If I set this aside for Allah SWT, my idols won't have any the idols won't have any share in it, right? So this is what Allah SWT is saying, this is completely, completely false, right? This is evil. Evil is a way, sa'ama مَا And indeed, evil and terrible is this decision of theirs and their allotment of shares in such a way. وَكَذَلَكَ لِكَثِيرًا مِّنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ قَتْلَ أَوْلَادِهُمْ And just like that, their idols, their idols, just like that, their idols made, for the majority of the idol worshippers, the idols made killing their children something that was appealing and something that was attractive to them. And they used to do that for the sake of their idols. They used to even slaughter children. Child sacrifice, right? So when is animal sacrifice? When is child sacrifice? They would kill their children at the altars of their idols as a sacrificial offering, okay? Now obviously when it says zayna, it doesn't mean that the idols had the ability, but it means their belief in the idols. They're being enamored with the idols. Their infatuation with the idols. They're worshipping their idols, made it seem now appealing and attractive to them to sacrificially offer their children at the altar of those idols. ملي يَلْبِسُوا عَلَيْهِمْ دِينَهُمْ شاء الله ما وما So same thing Allah Ta'ala is going to say at the end. So what is it that Allah Ta'ala is saying is that indeed that they uh, they have said this of their own will and assumption. الله, if Allah SWT had wished they would never have ever done so, فَذَرْهُمْ So you should leave them. Sayyidina so and Sahabu you should leave them. وَمَا يَفْتُرُونَ And all of the lies that they invent about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should leave them in what they're doing. Okay? Because, uhum لَادِهِمْ شَرَقَاءُهُمْ لَيُرْدُوهُمْ Okay, so to bring them to their destruction, yalbusu عَلَيْهِمْ دِينَهُمْ And to obscure for them and to veil for them what their deen is. Okay, وَقَالُوا هَذِهِ an آمُنْ وَحَرْثٌ هجر لا يَتْأَمُهَا إلا منتشاؤ بزعمهن Wa ذُهُورُهَا وَأَنْ وأنعام لا يذكرون اسم الله عليها. Okay, Here what they say that the ummah the mushrikin of Makkah used to say about this as well. They used to say that they certain they used to say that certain of their livestock and certain of their produce are hajran are forbidden are off limits are taboo. Because that were the ones that they consecrated, right? It was a sacralization thing that they had consecrated as offerings to their idols. So therefore now nobody could, and we did this before on certain types of camels, right? That so you couldn't touch the camel, or you couldn't eat that grain, or you couldn't eat from that part of that field. All right. إِلَّا مَنْ So this is, except that which they wish, this was based on their own whims and their own ideas. Okay. وَأَنْ آمُنْ حُرِّمَا ذُهُورُهَا ذُهُور means their backs, literally it means that the backs of those animals are prohibited, it means you cannot ride them, and you cannot place any luggage on them, you cannot burden them with carrying anything. When آمُنْ لَا يَذْكِرُونَ اسْمَ And then there were animals, livestock upon which the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not invoked. افتِرَاءً عَلَيْهِ And this was all a fabrication and an invention they cast on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has nothing to do with these rites, none of these worships, Allah doesn't want. Any of these things to happen, all right? Sayed zihim bimakanu and surely soon they will face the recompense meted out to them. Will be the consequences of all of those things that they invented and fabricated on Allah. and they used to say, "Mafi بَدُونَ هَذِهِ anam," and that which lies in the wombs or bellies of these animals and this is an only and only for our sons muharramun ala azwajina and this is haram or impermissible for our spouses all right so this was a particular practice of the mushrikeen of Mecca and they ordained that certain of their animals or the meat of certain of their, their animals would only be for uh, their children and would not be for azwajina for their spouses ma in yakun alright, here the is saying is that um, that if however that animal is a corpse or a cadaver or a carrion. From fihi Then in that case, our spouses and our wives will have a share in it. Indeed, Allah SWT saying that all of this, is just mentioning all these false beliefs and practices. Allah SWT says that indeed, Allah SWT will meet out to them the consequences of each and everything that they have attributed and that they have asserted. Indeed, Allah SWT is all wise and all knowing. Allah the indeed those who have killed and slaughtered their own children committed infanticide, Safahan in complete foolish ignorance and folly. right? Indeed those people Khasira they have they have become absolute in a state of absolute loss. And they did, they did this in a complete state of folly, without any knowledge whatsoever. ma And they made impermissible and prohibited that which Allah Taala had provided for them, casting lies and fabrications and inventing lies against Allah Subhanahu. Indeed, they have gone far astray, and they are not from the people who are rightly guided. Okay, and Allah Subhanahu is that being. Who has created jannat ma'rushatin wa ma'rushat and the fancy english word for this is trellises he has created jannat with trellises and those which don't have trellises now another way to understand this is those jan- jannat gardens which have hanging vines and hanging plants ma'rushat and those which don't have hanging plants what is he translated for you as trellis okay Trellised and untrellised. So trellises and we don't know enough about gardening or botany to understand these things but it's some notion of vines and hanging plants and right and so, so that's one way of a garden and there's another type of garden. Alright. I'm hoping, I'm trying to see can I do it in five minutes or not? I wanted to finish Radhala today. All right, All right, so we'll stop over here. Why don't we stop actually at Ayah 140, Ruba Hogya. We'll stop at Ayah 140. And uh, inshallah from next time we will continue on Surat Al-Anam verse number 141. All right. Subhanahu alaikum <laughs> wa wa sallam. Muhammad. Wa wa Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you put in our heart Ya Allah, your hidayah that you cast in the sudoor of the mu'mineen Ya Allah, we ask that you give us in Sharah in each and every one of our Sudur, That you expand our breast for the hidayah of Islam The hidayah of Qur'an The hidayah of Nabi Alayhi Salaam And Ya Allah, we ask that you enable each and every one of us To have the true understanding of Nubuwa The true understanding of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Allah, let us understand him as perfectly as you sent Him to us. Let us be as good an ummati to him as he was a prophet to us. Let us be as true and loyal, a loving follower of his as he was a true and loyal and loving prophet for us. Ya Allah Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you save us from all of the shayateen, from humanity. We ask that you protect us and save us from all of the shayateen, from the jinn. Ya Allah, we ask that you save us from their conspiracies. We ask that you save us from their plotting and planning. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we seek refuge in you and you alone. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we turn to you and you alone. Ya Allah, we ask that you keep us in your hafadha. We ask that you place us under your wakala. Ya Rabbi Kareem, you are sufficient for us. You are the best of mullah, the best of wakil. Ya Allah, we ask that you guide us to that life of taqwa that will earn your special rahmah we ask that you grant us to that life of a'mal Ya Rabbi Krim, when we look at our lives our book of deeds is empty of a'mal Saleh. we have stopped becoming people of ibadah we have left the path of adab and akhlaq there are so many good deeds that are missing from our book of deeds Ya Allah we ask in the barakah of this month of Ramadan that you bring us back into a'mal Saleh. make us practicing Muslims let us practice each and every aspect of the deen of Islam Let us practice and perform every single good deed in the deen of Islam Ya Rabbi Kareem We ask that you enable us to fill up our book of deeds in this month of Ramadan With all types of a'mal as-salih And Ya Allah grant us a life of amal and a life of taqwa Ya Rabbi Kareem We ask that you accept our fast We ask that you accept all of our ibadah that we do in a state of fasting Ya Allah we ask that you enable us to be vigilant about the time we spend from Maghrib to Fajr Let us spend the time of Maghrib to Fajr in a state of taqwa in a state of hayah, in a state of ibadah, in a state of ikhlas, in a state of shukr, in a state of dhikr. Ya Allah Rabbi Kareem, let us not work up the power to remember you all day, only to forget you at night. Ya Allah, let the nights of this Ramadan be nights of dhikr, nights of kurb, nights of ma'rifah. Ya Allah Rabbi Kareem, Rabbana takabal minna إنك انت السميع العليم, واتوب علينا إنك انت التواب الرحيم, وصلى الله تعالى وعلى آلہ حبیبہ سیدنا محمد وعلى آلہ وآصہابہ اجمعین برحمتکہ یا ارحم الراحمین